Blog Talk Radio. September 20th, 2013, Don't Let It Go Unheard. This is where we discuss news, politics, and culture from the perspective of Ayn Rand's philosophy. That's the philosophy behind the uniquely American sense of life, the sense of life of those who believe that we have the right to life, liberty, and most importantly, the pursuit of your own individual happiness. I'm your host, Amy Peekoff, and joining me here in the studio, walking in right now, is cartoonist Bosch Faustin. Hello, everyone. And we are going to discuss primarily today the topic you see at the heading of the title. I don't know if you got here either through Blog Talk Radio directly or through my blog at DontLetItGo.com, but the title is Defunders versus Goliath. And we have a few more stories, too. You can check out all the stories that we plan to discuss over at my blog, DontLetItGo.com, where I have posted program notes. But yes, primarily want to discuss the story, the issue, the controversy of defunding Obamacare. Is the fight to defund Obamacare a waste of time? Something we just have to wait until it's over? Is it bad strategy? Is it wrong? Of course, some people think it's wrong entirely. Probably you're not listening to this show if you think it's wrong. But you might think it's bad strategy. You might think it's a waste of time. We're going to discuss this and a lot more. We've got a lot of perspectives on this issue to go over. Uh, please do call in with your own perspective on this issue. The phone number is 760-888-5817. Again, that's 760-888-5817. Um, I was surprised because today I entered, I think, a somewhat exclusive club, although I think it's a club that's getting less and less exclusive. I thought, you know, in terms of don't let it go unheard, that the only one who was a co-host of this show who got federal government love on their blog was Bosch. And this morning I have gotten the dubious honor of receiving a visit from the Department of Health and Human Services. And I'm wondering if the reason that they visited my blog at 9.30 this morning, hello everyone, thank you, oh yeah, and we have to say hi to the NSA too, hello, we love you, um, I think the reason is that I was, you know, kind of outspoken about this issue of defunding Obamacare, particularly last night on Twitter. And actually, you know, I blame this somewhat on Vodka Pundit because last night I went on he Twitter. Yeah, he, he well, he's got a lot. He's got a lot of followers, but that, I wasn't tweeting with Vodka Pundit about Obamacare, not at all. I went on last night. I forget why I went on Twitter. I don't know. I was doing something bad, I'm sure, you know, just checking Twitter feed. And he was tweeting about uh, getting ready to purchase his new iPhone. Right. Because as you know, if you are a true Apple fan, then you had to be on the Apple website at midnight precisely in order to get an order in for your iPhone and have any hope of a date of delivery being promised to you. 
Uh, I unfortunately actually didn't get a date promised to me. I have my order in, but I got it in too late to actually have a date promised. Sometime in October, I will get my new iPhone, and then I can report to all of you about it. But anyway, he was there, and he was saying, oh, you know, I'm going to kind of fire up my Safari browser just to see if they play favorites and, and sell more phones or sell phones faster to people who use the Safari browser. So we're going back and forth. And then I was stuck on Twitter. And I looked at the Twitter feed, and I started you, getting involved in the discussion about defunding Obamacare yeah. again. Into a battle. So I got into a battle with some people. I don't know if you do any good in these things. You talk with these liberals. What I figure you do when you get on Twitter and That's you talk to these people is that you make it harder for them to evade the nature of what they were doing. And in particular, I was pointing out that Obamacare, like so many other government measures, Obamacare is force. There is force being applied to people to engage in transactions in a market, transactions which they would prefer not to engage in. That's what they have to do. And it's so funny because the was one woman I was talking to, force. What what do you mean force? You know, she she was saying that oh you know I, I was I was tweeting to Boehner. I said first of all I said bravo bravo for putting the measure to defund Obamacare before the House. Now I'm going to give that a qualified bravo in a, in a little bit here because I have a kind of a theory about whether Boehner actually grew a pair. Or not in, in a bit, and I think Boehner doesn't really have a pair. No, um, and, no, and he can't grow it. He, he he doesn't really have a pair, and I'll talk about why in a minute. But anyway, nonetheless, I think we must reinforce. It's like dog training, right? One it's thing, like dog I'm training. Shocked. You I'm have shocked. to reinforce him. I'm shocked he actually agreed to it. That's the shocking thing. So I'm not shocked. Not, I'm not shocked I, that he agreed to I it, am, and I'll tell you why. Okay, I'll tell you why. Because of the seat, because of power. Mm, there's that. Okay. There is that. It's yeah. because he wants to keep his seat. No doubt. But there's there's another reason as well. Um, but anyway, so I, I go bravo to Boehner and then this woman says, oh, well, all you're doing is protecting it. Cause Boehner, you know, Boehner says that he's protecting Americans from the harmful effects of Obamacare. Well, that's what we want him to do. Yeah. And he's actually using the, the language that we want him to say. So. The, this is what we'd like him to do. Right. And, and I think he thinks he can do it costlessly and I'll, I'll tell you why. Yeah. But, um, anyway, this woman writes back, she says, all he's doing, all he's doing all uh, Boehner, all that Boehner and the Republicans are doing is protecting people from being denied insurance policies when they have pre-existing conditions. Protecting from the denial. It's like ridiculous, right? Yeah. So so she tries to, within all that convoluted language that she spewed out there on Twitter in 140 characters, she tries to hide the fact that Obamacare is forced. So I, I think it took me three tweets to explain to her that the mandate on insurers to insure people with pre-existing conditions, that that was forced by the government. Does she Um, agree? Then then what she says is she says, oh, yeah, well, then I see that it's no different than uh, Medicare and Social Security. And I said, yeah, those are bad, too. Let's get rid of those. And then, then she says, then she says, well, let's go back to the 1950s. Yeah, that'll be just swell, like somehow the 1950s were bad. And I said, well, you know, actually, in terms of the scope of federal government power, oh, yeah, I would like to go I would like to go pre-1890, pre-1890, right? Because there's Sherman Antitrust Act. You want to go post-Civil War because also the post- Civil War helped 
to have the federal government rein in some of the bad things that states were doing. Yes, but you want to go pre you want to go pre eighteen ninety because of the Antitrust Act and, and other things that the progressives started doing about that time. So that would be my ideal time. So then we start having this battle about that. But the point is is that she had to move the stanchion. Yeah. She had to concede right. that the government was using force. And that so she I had think to I acknowledge know the fact that she was part of this. She was uh that's funny. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're gonna Robert. have to get on that. Uh, wait, wait, Robert Robert NYC just made a funny uh, comment here in the chat room. He says Boehner just has a pair of eyeballs from which his tears flow. No other pair on him. Yes, yes, excellent. <laughs> yeah, and I I, th- I think I think you're definitely right, Robert. So please, people, please do continue uh, joining in on the discussion over the chat room at Blog Talk Radio, or as I said, do call in seven six zero eight 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 five eight one seven. But yeah, so I got into that discussion there on Twitter, all over the place, just talking about what Obamacare is, what it does, and I think I got the attention of Department of Health and Human Services. So, you know, John Kenny, who is a listener to this show, hi John, if you're in the chat room, I'm not sure if you're there, he comes over to the page at at Facebook, the Don't Let It Go On Her page on Facebook, and he says, did they leave you a message? And, John, no, they didn't leave me a message. But what I figure is that they probably put me on that death panel list. Hmm. You know, it's like, okay, there's one. That's right. When when the time comes, if we're still in power, this lady's not getting any medical help. Forget her. That That's what I figure they do. They're just, they're just collecting our names. So, um, Vodka Pundit, I guess thank you for getting me back involved in this battle. The other uh, – because, I mean, really, this week – I have been for a several days now just losing myself in the joy of Apple releasing new products. Seriously. I've been I mean, we had the horrible Seven. shooting. We had the horrible shooting in the Navy Yard earlier this week. We had the usual suspects calling for more gun control, even though it's the fact that this was a gun free yeah. zone that's made it a gun magnet control. for guys like this and made it easy for a guy like this to shoot a ton of people as opposed to maybe getting one shot off right, and having that, oh, I, I wanted to curse, be killed. Um, yeah, it was gun control which uh, brought this on. And then they're saying he's a Buddhist, but maybe he had a website where he called himself Muhammad. No, maybe he had a website named Muhammad Salem or Muhammad Salem, whatever it is. Okay, so Why the hell would a quote-unquote Buddhist have that? So they are camouflaging yeah. The type of person who's responsible for this. Yes, they, they tried to say that it was a certain type of assault weapon, and then it wasn't. Yeah. But who knows? That once that story got out there, people started talking gun control. Disgusting. If, if they can cover up the fact that he is a Muslim, they will. Yeah. If they can cover it up, yeah. if they could cover up nine eleven, they would have. So you just want to tune out news entirely, and I did that. And and for one blissful day, I think I did nothing but worry about my download of iOS 7, clean my house, mm-hmm. listen to iTunes Radio, which yeah. is excellent. At least in my little sampling, by the way, I loved it. There I was, just in Apple Bliss, uh-huh. and, and you know, kind of watching the news. And then I got sucked in, in the battle on Twitter, and here I am, ignited again. Uh, the other people that I have to thank, of course, is, uh, or are, excuse me, are, those Senate Republicans, those wackos that brought a whole lot of members in the House along with them in order to actually make some sort of statement about this defunding thing, Uh, and of course all the American people that helped to push them to do that. But, you know, 
it is important. I mean, I think just my own evolution this week in my mood and my attitude towards wanting to engage with the news is evidence of the value of this defunding effort. We are seeing some politicians make some sort of a semi-principled stand on an important issue that involves the destruction of our healthcare industry. They're doing this against huge odds, all kinds of people on the right. I mean, we're talking Bill O'Reilly, who's uh, supposed to be looking out for us, right? is saying you know, how look, impossible this all is. You know, you know, who's looking out for you folks? I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. they're the looking out for you folks, guy. Naysayer after naysayer after naysayer. And these guys are pursuing it. They are persevering. And they're fighting those who are fighting, which is the worst thing. They're fighting. They're arguing against them and saying they shouldn't do this you know, passionately. They say, what the hell? Get out of the way. Yeah, get. I mean, definitely get out of these guys' way. I mean, help them. I'm. I'm at the point where it's almost if you're not with us, you're against us. You defund or you defend. I mean, that's what they're doing. Defending yeah, Obamacare yeah. or defunding. Defund or defunding. versus defend. Those are you. Those are really your choices. But anyway, what the my point was is that I experienced that fuel. You know, some emotional fuel from the fact that these Absolutely. guys are fighting. Absolutely. And, I felt it myself. And like a even rush. if they totally fail. Exactly. They are fighting the great fight, the necessary fight at this time. This is a moral battle. And they understand it, I think, in those terms. I think uh, Ted Cruz and Mike Lee do understand it in those terms. They understand it in those terms. They don't always portray it as no, fundamentally they don't. as I would like to speak. And again, I have and again if they come up there, if they come up there and say this is about individual rights, you know, it might not resonate with people. Job killing. It resonates with a lot of people today. It does. Yeah. And that's why I'm look, we can we can you know nitpick anything. These guys are doing the right thing, doing what, what should be done. And for that they get they gotta be commended. Definitely commended. So I, I like I said, I've experienced that myself this week. I think that there is a definite value in doing this. I don't care whether in the end they fail I mean, I do care. I mean I'm kind of inured to this though. I mean we thought that the Supreme Court was going to do the right thing. We thought, how could this thing pass, right? All all these things. And and nonetheless, time and again, we get disappointed. Yep. So, yeah, I, I'm going to lie if I say I'm not disappointed if it doesn't yes. succeed. I'm going to be somewhat disappointed. But nonetheless, I think it is fight. worth doing. Yeah, you it's fight worth doing. Uh, whether you think you can win or whatever. You yeah. fight. It doesn't matter. No, but. What? No, no, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm having a preview of Greg Gutfeld's well, comment later. Yeah. Well, but, you know, you whether, whether you think you can win this particular well, battle that? or not, you fight. You well, fight. I mean, you, you don't enter battles if you know you're going to win. You enter them because it's the right thing to do because you must. That's it. And if whatever comes out, if you, you fight your, fight all, you know, with everything you have, and hopefully you win. But to presume to think, well, I might not win that battle, so I'm not going to engage in it. I mean, it's just pathetic. We're, de- we're definitely going to talk about these issues of strategy in a minute. So, yeah, program notes over there. I got Vodka Pundit who uh, wrote me into talking about Apple, and then I uh, went off and debated about Obamacare, which earned me a visit from the next link, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. I figured if they were giving me a little visit love to my blog that you can give them a little visit love to their website in return. Then we have the main news story for today. What am, am I making some noise yeah. here, Bosch? What boom, am I doing? Boom, boom. I don't know. I'm making some horrible, horrible noise. Boom, 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 boom. What am I hitting? I have no idea. Hmm. Anyway, sorry. Weird. It is weird. I guess because I'm sorry, hitting this boom. cord. Maybe that's that. 
Let's just keep going. I think the NSA is helping our show yes. out here with the with the sound effects. Okay, here's the main story though. Well, this is no, from... no noise heard there. Okay, good. Okay, so only we're hearing the noise here. It's uh, what was that going to remind my of? Harrison Bergeron, yeah. the Kurt Vonnegut. I feel like I live in that sometimes as well. Okay, House Republicans. This is a story from Washington Times that I linked to at my blog, don'tletitgo.com. House Republicans passed their stopgap funding bill Friday to keep government open while terminating the new health care law, setting up a final showdown next week with Senate Democrats and President Obama, who have firmly rejected the GOP approach. Oh, big surprise. The 230 to 189 vote, which split almost exactly along party lines. Now, the reason I'm reading that is it's important. Some people think that there was a bipartisan mm-hmm. effort right, right. in here. It was not bipartisan not. at all, okay? It was split along party lines. But kudos to the Republicans yeah. for sticking together and doing it anyway. This just shows you, though, the fact that some people think 230 to 189 is bipartisan, shows you that they don't understand the majority that the Republicans actually have in the House. And the the majority that the Republicans have in the House is evidence of people's displeasure with Obamacare. Okay? So it is evidence that Americans do not want this legislation. The majority. They could not get a majority in the Senate. Why? Because you can only do one-third of the senators up for re-election each time, right? 230 to 189 in the House is a, is a nearly party-line vote. It shows, I don't remember exactly how many Republicans yeah. are there. I'm not that good. Yeah. But it, it just it just shows you that they have a very big, I mean, not a big majority, but a, a sizable majority there, which is excellent in this day and age. And it's I think it's a referendum on Obamacare yes. right there, that majority. Anyway, so what happens is they have passed this resolution that includes a defunding, a total defunding of Obamacare, and they've sent it over to Harry Reid, and it's in Harry Reid's court now. The ball's right over there. Harry Reid, of course, is criticizing this as being anarchistic. Uh He's used the word anarchy. Yes, for Ted Cruz and for Mike Lee. It's anarchy if the various branches of government are actually serving their function of checks and balances. It's anarchy if the piece of legislation that is really, I mean, they might as well just put the skull and crossbones as the cover page on this piece of legislation. It is death. This legislation is is. death. Death for Americans. That's what it is. Why Harry? I mean, he looks like walking death, so maybe that's it. I don't know. But it's like they're shoving death down America's throats. And Nancy Pelosi, her comments in the House, you know, when they're bringing, it's like, I feel like I'm a mother hen or some garbage, and we need to get this house in order. No, we are getting it in order. You're the one who put it in disarray. You're the one who made the house an unhospitable place for human life. Yep. Nancy Pelosi. Well, she, she had this delusional thing out there about how um, Obama hasn't been partisan yeah. at all, and yeah. Uh, oh yeah, he's just wh- totally open, and he's not, you know, he's not a completely, completely delusional. Yeah. No, I mean, she. I just wonder exactly what kind of drugs she takes. I mean, just in you know, specific, in specific terms, like which drugs does she take? You I mean right? That's right. She takes drugs, but. As I understand it, what happens from here is this bill gets sent over to the Senate and Harry Reid will do whatever possible to make sure that 
it doesn't come up for a vote, no up and down vote. He wants to have an up and down vote only on a bill that funds the government but strips the language about defunding Obamacare. And that's where all the pledges to do filibusters and all that stuff will come in. So that's kind of where we are. That's the basic lay of the land. Uh, Steve writes, uh, uh, this this moment's lie from Obama is uh, that Obama said, oh, the only purpose of Ob- Obamacare is to make sure that your doctor can provide the best care. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Oh, you know, and, oh, Obama is such a liar. I mean, I, and and I, I would I would love I would love one member of the press who actually gets to yes, ask Obama a question when Obama deigns yes. to answer questions from the press, right? I would like to hear somebody ask him. You promised us, Obama, that we could keep our plans if we liked our plans. Yeah. Millions of Americans probably are not going to be able to keep their plans. I know from people who have told me, friends of mine who have told me here in California, that both the Anthem Insurance Company and the Aetna Insurance Company have told their insured, their clients, that they are no longer going to be able to keep the individual plans they have been holding with Aetna and Anthem. Presumably they like those plans. They volunteered to buy those insurance plans on the free market before any such thing as a mandate ever came about. And nonetheless, they are not going to be able to keep those plans. Obama lied. He lies and lies and lies. That's all he does. He's a liar in chief. He's a mythomaniac. But listen, but seriously, just think about this. He knows he has to lie. He knows it's rotten to the core. He knows it's destructive till no end. I mean, and he has to continue this. I mean, knowingly. Right. I mean, that, that just that just proves his nihilism through and through. He's a destructive force. He's a wrecking ball. I think, as Mark Levin calls him, and uh, it's just you know he has to lie. And for not one person in the media, so Mr. President, you promised this was part of Obamacare. This is part of your selling points. Right. Everything is wrong. Everything is not true. Not to mention the cost. Not, not, not exactly. I mean, not much, you know. But not one is, is going to ask him. Not a Fox News reporter. Someone, Mr. President, enough. Go through. Walk up. Do what you got to do. Half a, Fox, Challenge half a Fox News is worthless. Challenge anymore. him. Yes. I, yes, I mean, they that, are. That, they are. You know. Okay. So here's Obama. Apparently, Obama's Twitter account is run by something called Organizing for Action. I love tweeting Barack Obama every now and then. So yeah, hi, too. Organizing for Action. We love you too. Uh, This is the quote from his Twitter. It says, they actually did it. The House just passed a resolution that risks a government shutdown to defund Obamacare. Hashtag enough already. Now, is is that somebody having, supposedly the president, is that a temper tantrum Uh, or is that a president? Of course. It's a temper tantrum. And 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 first of all, here's the thing, too. Okay. Oh, uh, Boehner, Boehner is not talking about a shutdown. And the other thing that yeah, I would... As if, hold on. As if shutdown is the worst thing in the world? Please. Well, no. Please. I mean, hey, please. I would, as, I would love a shutdown. As I wrote, I said, this is a, a shutdown, government shutdown. is like a, a vacation from government for what? A few weeks? No. Please. We need that. We and, Americans need that. Yeah. And, and, you know, Obama talks about, oh, they're extorting. And he can't even say what they're no. extorting. He, he, <laughs> they're, they're extorting you know, a president. Yeah. I was like, what kind of grammar is that? Did you that? hear that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're extorting uh, the president. I think he refers to himself as the president, not even as me. I mean, as uh, the president, he was like, uh, and he called himself flat, but he was like, uh-oh, uh, prompter, prompter. Uh, terrible, terrible. They're just, they're extorting me somehow, some way. Oh, uh, Holly in the chat room here says that she can't keep her plan yes. either. Yeah. Yes. 
I mean, there are tons of people who have gotten these letters saying, sorry, you cannot keep your plan. And Obama might want to say, oh, well, I didn't have anything to do about that. Mm -hmm. Yes, you did, because it is the government mandates, government force applied to insurance companies, making them change the way that they do business, contrary to their wishes, that is making them have to change this and not offer the same plans. Now, for some people, it's the mere fact that the plan, plan that they had didn't conform to the requirements of Obamacare, so it has to be changed. For other people, it's the fact that the requirements of Obamacare, the mandates on insurance companies, are making them go out of business or shut down portions of their business because it's no longer profitable for them. Uh, people are in business because it's profitable. The people who are in favor of Obamacare do not Absolutely. want insurance companies to be private. Yep. They, I mean, you well, know, they want to wipe them out. Well, this is the other thing too. Obamacare. It is designed to self-destruct. It is designed to self-destruct and take along with it our healthcare industry and all of us. That's what it's designed. It's the ultimate to do. legislative nuke. To yeah. really destroy the country. I mean, that's that's really what it is. This stands, we're done. I mean, and that's why Ted Cruz, Mike Lee, and some others, the rational, rational leaders in the Senate have uh, persuaded the House right. to act like men. Yeah. Now, to, to, to act like Americans. John Boehner calls the vote a victory for common sense. Mm. This is hurting our constituents. It's hurting the American people. The less he talks, the better, please. Okay. Well, and, and here's the thing. So let, let me get into my little spiel about why I don't think he's taking much of a risk here at all. And that, yes, I'm going to say bravo because I... Please don't. I, well, I'm going to say bravo only because I am a dog trainer. I'm not a great dog <laughs> trainer. I've done a lot of dog agility. You can see videos of me running around. If you Google me, Amy Peekoff, you can see videos of me running my dog, Boo. I have a favorite, which is what I, you know, I went to the World Team Tryouts once as a demo, as a demo dog. And uh, I ran a fifth place run in the jumpers category. Okay, so I've, Hmm. I've done some dog training. I do okay. But I'm not that good. So you're saying Boehner has been able to But what I'm saying is, you know, positive reinforcement, okay? He's doing something we like. If we want him to do more of it, we say bravo. But here... I think think they told him, we're going to kick your your butt off this seat or else you're going to move. And he goes, actually, yeah, I I might do something. A little negative reinforcement there. Okay, probably that was going on too. But here's the thing. I think he thinks he's taking no risk at all. Oh, no. So, so, so that this in his mind is no different than the countless votes to repeal Obamacare well, that they've all Both, these symbolic votes. Those were impotent. Okay, this, this but I something. think I no, but I think he thinks this is impotent too, and I think this is why. You know, what? it doesn't For, matter what he thinks, though. As, as long as he has the backing of the, of the House, the majority of the House, they actually pass this thing. It'll go. To, I mean, well, right, but it goes to the Senate, and I think it's he thinks well. Reed will never let this come to a vote in the Senate. He will never let Reed will never let come to the floor for a vote in the Senate anything that includes defunding Obamacare. Boehner himself keeps saying, "I don't want to shut down the government." So the he, others keep so, saying that as well. Well, and so he's saying that when push comes to shove, and when Harry Reid sends back to the House the bill that doesn't have the defunding Obamacare provision in it. He'll go, oh, well, I tried. I said I wasn't in favor of shutting down the government, though it's the I, law of the I land. I doubt he can get away know? with that. I doubt he can get away with that. I doubt anyone will. Like right now, we're going to give him a little bravo. No, if he if he just pulls it up, oh, I tried, guys. I said, no, they got to play hardball here. Yeah, but they see, have they got to play hardball. They have the power of the purse. 
they can make or break it. They can defund it or not. It doesn't matter what 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 Harry Reid ultimately does or, or says. They have the power, and he could take it. And and then it, you know if he does fight to the death, and a few weeks go by of a, of a shutdown, government shutdown, and things happen. I mean then yeah then you can say well this guy was not as horrific as he was. I mean he was not. I mean he ended up being not as horrific as he was. But right. I mean I just I don't buy the fact that he'll just uh, oh okay guys that's it, and he'll get a pass for that. I doubt it. Well I highly he, doubt it. He may not roll over right away, but I think he has it in his mind. That I think you're right, but I, I think in the end he has to realize. And, 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 th- and think I, about this, right? The, people know this. The, if you know this, others do. I mean, yeah. to the Senate, where you know, the, he takes uh, away with it. Other words, the, the vote in the House was along party lines. Like well, and like if, the implementation, like Obamacare. Sure, sure, lines, sure. You know? And if the vote in the Senate continues to be along party lines, then some nothing's going to happen. Some de- Democrats have expressed, uh, you know, uh, opposition to Obamacare. They have. In the Senate, some have. They have. Now, they have to go to these guys and say, guys, I mean, stand up here. You know, you want to, you, you, you want to do the, you want to do the right thing. You're an American politician. You're not some, you know what I mean? Right. You're not some destructive enemy of the United States of America. You're an American. You have American constituents. Do the right thing. They, they can get to them, a few of them at least, here and there. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, well, well then again, some some of the senators, like... Uh, the POW to POS, John McCain, he said uh, it's uh, irrational uh, to try to defund Obamacare. The irrational uh, Obamacare, the irrational John McCain, says that it's irrational to defund uh, Obamacare. And also uh, some other senators, I've got a uh, name, but the guy said, this is stupid. I mean, it's the dumbest thing I ever heard. You know, this is Great. the nature of some of these rats. Well, and he, here's here's the comment from Pelosi, right? She said, because the House is actually considering the defunding, she says it's, it's a mess. She says, I come to the floor in many ways as a mother. A, a, a mother what? Just a mother. A mother. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> she says, this place is a mess. Let's get our house in order. Oh. oh. You just get like those tingly feelings of, the hag uh, of the wanting house. to hit her. I don't know. The anyway. hag of the house. Um, Palousy. Yeah, so that's horrible, um, horrible comments from her. Let, let's look a little bit here into something better, and I want to play you a little bit of a clip from the press conference where you have Senator Ted Cruz and Mike Lee plus a bunch of the House Republicans who support defunding. There's a link to this at my blog over at DontLetItGo.com. Let me find you the exact place that I wanted to start this. I think it's about 1544 is what I said. Let me zoom up there and see if we can get Ted Cruz talking about what he pledges to do with respect to the legislation in the House when it comes there. Okay, here he goes. Let's see if it works. For them to pick up the mantle and get the job done. Will you filibuster this on the House floor, a la Rand Paul and drones? That's the only choice you have right now? I will do everything necessary and anything possible to defund Obamacare. Filibuster? Yes, and anything else, any procedural means necessary. Listen, this is the most important fight in the country, and it's easy to focus on the political back and forth. Listen, this is going to be an iterative process. In all likelihood, it's not going to be a single-shot CR and everything's resolved and done. As soon as the House passes this into law, it's going to be in Harry Reid's court. 
he may well be able to hold his 54 Democrats to not listen to the American people, to threaten to shut down the federal government, to deny American families the same special treatment that big corporations and members of Congress are getting. But if that happens, then it's going to go back to the House of Representatives. And what we need to do is we need to be making the case every day in every way to the American people, not about the petty political bickering. Americans don't care about petty political bickering in Washington, but on the substance. And I'll tell you this, if and when we win this fight, it is going to be because House Republicans have stood up and showed the courage that they are showing right now that they continue to stand up. The House is the one branch of government that Republicans have a majority. Okay, I, th- I think I think we'll stop there. And well, there's there's Ted Cruz, and then there's everyone else. True. I mean, that's it, honestly. But he, he's the best we got, and and whatever problems we may have, and else, I mean, come on. I mean, there's just this guy. I believe he means every word he's saying too about this. There's a conviction there, which you don't hear in politicians. And this is not doing him any great favors. I mean, it's really not. He's got a whole load of enemies from left and right. And, well, and the pundits on the on the radio waves. Let's let's look at a couple things here. So first of all, he says this is going to be an iterative process. It's going to go back and forth, back and forth. Are you looking to uh, just to undermine? I mean, to say, I'm well, not, no, no, he, I mean, he, he's excellent, right? But I don't know if somewhere in his mind he's anticipating. Well, there's going to be somewhat of a compromise down the well, road, look who's and all with. they're going to do is delay Obamacare for half a year or look something who bizarre. Look the Republicans have been. If they were all Ted Cruz's. If they were all Ted Cruz's, yeah, then it's over. Yeah. He knows they're not. He knows a lot of them are cowards. Well, and if you listen to some of the other Republicans in this press conference, they'll say things like, well, it's not ready yet. The legislation's not ready yet. So, so give it a year? The, the exchanges, so they're helping? The exchanges are supposed to be ready October 1st, and they're months behind. And, you know, we're just we're just not ready for it yet. Oh, it, you know, not not that it's bad, not so, that it's immoral, so certainly. So they're helping. They're saying, guys, let's just hold this off until you're ready. Then we'll support you. Know, is that more or less? I mean, I mean he, he's cobbling together a majority of people that for a variety of reasons are against funding Obamacare right now this minute. He's fighting. Yeah, he's he fighting. no, he's fighting. That's he's the definitely whole he's definitely point. fight. So, fight, 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 yeah. fight. And he's oh, yeah. doing it. Yeah. So there there is that. And and then we're gonna see how the fight goes as as the time goes on and I want I wanna see it go. The other thing is that he is harping on two things basically about the legislation and they're not super principled Although in, in a, you know when you think about a basic fairness in government they are, mm-hmm. uh, you know one thing is that they're they're killing jobs with Obamacare legislation and that's true the people, legislation is killing jobs that resonates with people. That is a practical consequence yes. of the fact of that course. the government is initiating force against no people. So he's not talking about it as even a Ron Paul you know who who kept pointing out the fact that whenever the government acts it's using force no. right and then he's a wacko in terms yeah of I know I know no, no but no matter what good Ron Paul ever said he said oh that's Ron Paul saying it I mean the, I it, know. it's like oh Ron Paul okay. I know I know so he's look so there's the economic consequences then the other thing that he is able thankfully to hang his hat on is the fact that the government is not treating ordinary Americans the way that it's right. treating all these other people that have been exempt right. so far from the legislation. Right. So the employers, they have a delay on the employer mandate. The people in Congress are now, you know, rest assured because Obama got involved to make sure that they can get their special subsidies, you know, their their health insurance costs paid 
out of the treasury because the, so they don't have to bear the brunt of the cost of the increase in the premiums of Obamacare, right? Um, yep. All of this, if right? They don't and, feel and, the pain, and, then and it doesn't matter. Some people are speculating that the unions who have been clamoring recently, who are not happy with Obamacare, that the unions are going to get a special deal. Some people, I've heard this weird scandal on. Twitter, Facebook, it's around there. I don't know if it's true at all. Agents some people, no, some people are trying to say that like Muslims are getting an exemption from Obamacare. I, I think that's probably garbage. But the point is, is that Ted Cruz is able to capitalize on the fact that Obama has selectively decided to delay enforcement here, put off enforcement there, and exempt as, these people, give Evan, them special as favors. As McCarthy says, uh, he's been defunding in his own way. You know what I mean? Defunding the uh, the program in his own way by by not allowing that thing there, this thing there. I mean, you know, that, uh, did you read uh, McCarthy's piece here? I, I looked at parts yeah. of McCarthy's piece, but no. So he was basically pointing that out. Pointing that out. Yeah. That, well, that, that, Obama himself has been technically defunding here, a little defunding there. Sure. So basically, the, you know, the Republicans want to go further. Well, and I think part of his strategy with doing that was to make – the numbers, the economy numbers, look better Absolutely. going into 2014, Absolutely. so that the Democrats can take every over. Every move right? Obama's making yeah. is to get the house back. Yeah. Every word he says is to get the house back. Mm-hmm. Every lie, everything, get the house back, get full power, and then really, I mean, because he's not know, running for re-election, he's not doing anything. So he needs he's two going years to of ram it. hardcore destruction. He needs full power. He can't have you know the house out of out of his control. So I, I think uh, definitely that's what he's doing. Anyway, kudos to Cruz for promising to do everything that he can, including a filibuster, including all procedural methods. If you so, if you follow me on Twitter, Amy Peekoff on Twitter, or if you follow me there on Facebook, you see that I actually tweeted out to him a link to Ayn Rand's right. essays, man, uh, man's rights. I think just man's rights. Okay, but you not, could also uh, yeah, you could also tweet to him nature of government too. Give him some material to read during his filibuster, which give, I hope he does. Give Matt shrugged. Read the whole book. Just you know, make sure you get the, <laughs> the comfortable shoes, maybe a nice chair, or at least gold speech. At least. Yeah. Seven two five two one in the chat room is saying, "What happened to their love for equality? How about an equal health care program for everyone, hmm. including unions and Congress?" Yeah. Yes. And and again, I mean, it's it's great that Obama had to give. Cruise this opening because no matter where you are, you know, in terms of more of a purist, you are a, a actual principled ideologue against government interference in healthcare, or whether you think, oh, well, there should be some interference, but this bill's really bad. No matter what, if Ted Cruz says the American people aren't being treated fairly yeah. because the government is giving out special favors to certain groups that they're denying to the average American. That's going to resonate with yes. the average American. And the fact that it is resonating with the average American shows what? That the American sense of life that says we, American citizens, we're not wards of the state. We are yep. just as good if not better, way better than Ooh. Nancy Pelosi oh. and Harry Reid and all these disgusting this idea, we, we get the politicians, we get the policies we deserve? Absolutely not. We don't deserve a Barack Obama. We don't deserve Nancy Pelosi, John Boehner. We don't deserve these people. We're, we're superior to them in every way. We don't deserve well, them. And, and, if, and if you think about the fact that the, the Senate is particularly lousy, Pelosi, yes. Yes. 
it starts to get you thinking along the lines of Levin's Liberty Amendment right. to Bypassing cha- them. to go back to the way that the Senate was chosen yes, exactly right. originally. Right, and bypass them all. So take care of business with the with the legislation with the uh, legislatures in each state. I say bravo to to Ted Cruz for taking this on. I don't know exactly how far he's going to take it. I don't know exactly how principled he's going to get when he's bringing his message to the American people. But if, we if will see. Critical, now, okay, so yeah. Len, in the, Len Jones is a new person in the chat room. Welcome, Len. I guess you're a new listener to the show. He says, is this an anti-government show? No, this is not an anti-government show. But we think that Obamacare is something that is not within the proper scope of government function. And so that's why we are railing against it in particular. Um, we are I, for Definitely government. for government. We are not Especially anarchists in any way, founded. shape, or form. As founded. Yeah. Our government is founded is what we will take not, back. Thank you very much. This is not the government yeah. that was founded. This is completely uh, abomination. I mean, Very, very briefly, uh, I, I really agree with Ayn Rand who said that the proper functions of government should be the police to handle the criminals, courts to apply the law to individual citizens, including criminals, and to handle disputes among honest people. We need courts to have objective arbiters of disputes as well as objective um, prosecution of criminals. And we need a military. We need a strong military to defend us from the people abroad. State Defiance in the chat room says, Get ready for your IRS audit, Uh Amy and Bosch. I mean, I'm telling you, State Defiance, this morning, Health and Human Services was on my website, so I think it's worse than an IRS audit. I think I'm now on the death panel list. <laughs> so That's there we enough. go. Um, and I joke about it, but I, I'm I'm actually halfway afraid of that. Robert says America is a constitutional republic. It is not. It is. It's. It ought to be. It should be. It was supposed to be. It's not. And that's part of Levin's book, Liberty Amendments. That's part of what's going on. That's part of this fight. That's part of our arguments. It is. It was meant to be something that is absolutely not today. Yeah. And Obama, as he said, fundamental transformation of America is his goal, and he's been doing it for five years, and he has three, three and a half years left to do that kind of damage. Where he wants to bring us back to the point of no return, bring us to the point of no return. And uh, the Republicans have helped him up to this point, up to this point. And it seems like there's, there's some fight left in them. All they needed was a leader. If, if, if we think about it, for the last two two years, a vacuum. Of leadership, complete vacuum. Exactly. And I mean, Ted if, Cruz you, comes if you think in. about it, yeah, Ted Cruz is a newbie. Yeah, and he's and a leader. And he comes on the stage and he does stuff. I would say really, you know, pretty pretty well. Yes. And we we could nitpick and say, okay, he could do this better, that better. But the point he's is, better is than that, any of them. that he's he's better than any of them, and so he's filled that vacuum of somebody taking a semi-principled stand on important issues that affect the country. That's why he's gotten so much attention. We can't get into this. Uh. Uh, so Len in the chat room says that he happened to support Obamacare for several reasons. He's received a $100 deduction in his HMO costs. He's had to pay extreme amounts on co-pays. However, the Affordable Care Act wait, the what? Uh, made, wait, wait, the made what? various programs available to resist costs. The what act? Um, yeah, the Affordable Care Act. It's not it's not affordable for anybody. Um, I mean, maybe they're going to give him subsidies if he qualifies for subsidies. I don't know. Here's the thing, Len. Uh, first of all, 
if you want to listen to the last week's show on exceptionalism, where I talk about what makes American, America exceptional, we believe definitely in the power of government, but we believe that the thing that made America exceptional is that it was a government founded on a principle. And it's the principle Robert NYC talks about here in the chat room at Blog Talk Radio. It's the principle that the function of government, the only proper function of government, is to protect individual rights. And those rights can be violated only by force. We do not believe that you have a right to health care. And I am sorry if you do have health issues. I am sorry if you are unable to pay for your health care personally. But I think that the proper place for claims like yours is to a charitable organization. I do not think that the health care needs of one person therefore justify the no. government using force against yep. everybody else to pay for the health care. Somebody's paying for it. Yep. And then the only question is, are you paying for it or is somebody else paying for it? And then is somebody else paying for it voluntarily through private charity, which I'm totally in favor of, or are they paying for it at the point of a gun courtesy of our government, which is what Obamacare is? I am against government pointing guns at us to pay for other people's yep. health care. I'm against government pointing guns at our doctors to tell them not to do their jobs to take care of us. I'm especially tired because I wrote my dissertation on the right hmm. to privacy of government pointing guns at doctors, forcing them to collect our private information and put it in a huge government database where the information can be used against us yep. as well. So I'm sure Department of Health and Human Services is also looking me up on their stupid database, and they're going to spread my health information everywhere as well. So there's the other thing that I'm afraid yeah, of. This is, this is tyranny, and it, it has come to America. It has come to America, and this is what we're fighting. Uh, Len in the chat room asks, he says, is, is an economy free as long as government is not a player? Not necessarily if you have criminals. So suppose you have mafia in there. So it would be the government's job to eradicate any criminal players in the economy, but an economy is free. I just want so to say one thing, that's yeah. all I, I, I do have to say right now. Len is still yeah. going on there in the chat room, but we can't get into all of that. P, uh, P.J. Rook, uh, the conservative comedian, I guess, writer, Humorist, uh, he said something, I think he said about education, but also healthcare. He goes, if you think healthcare costs are expensive now, wait until it's free. Yeah. You know, wait until they're free. Wait until you're waiting in line. Yeah. Wait until. That's when it gets. There's un- no room in hospitals and the bed, if you get one, is going to be in a hallway. You know, what would- Read all the stories about Canada <sighs> and United yeah. Kingdom yeah. and you'll see all the, all, the, all the horror stories about socialized medicine. So uh, thanks, Lynn, and thanks for asking some of the questions, but I can't go too far off the rafters here. Um, and people are actually, people in the chat room, thank you for giving him references to read as well, because that will talk about why it is we don't believe that there is a right to health care. Health care is a service, and as Leonard Peikoff has pointed out in his discussions in the past, he gave a great speech called Healthcare is Not a Right, which I watched way back in 1993. Mm. Or 92, 93, I think. 93. Sorry. 93. And he talked about the fact that healthcare is a complex technological service. Right. How could anybody be born with a right to <laughs> such a thing right. as a complex technological service like very good, very healthcare? Simple. So I am with those who say that this is, you know, if people cannot afford healthcare, then they need to appeal to private charity. Private charity is forthcoming 
so much in this country, even now, where people are taxed and taxed and taxed, if there is a true, uh, you know, hard hard up story that is being told, people are giving money. He's not. He's not honest. Look at this. So who would you like to not have health care? That's that. That's a dishonest okay. question. Let's Get him out of here. Yeah. Okay. You're out. Yeah. We're. Sorry, we had to we had to kick him out now. Yeah, I'm not going to decide who does and doesn't get health care. That's not my job. But the government is going to be deciding who does and doesn't get health care if this, Obamacare is not stopped. And this Lenny doesn't care. Lenny does not care. Let's go ahead and go on to the next link over at my program notes at DontLetItGo.com. Again, if you want to follow along the various stories and clips that I've collected for today's show, check out the program notes at DontLetItGo.com. If you do want to talk about the story that we're talking about right now, defund Obamacare, yes or no, 760-888-5817. Here's one thing that I did want to actually follow up on before we go. No, actually, no. Let's go. Let's go to the five. Let's talk about the five. So I have the link to a YouTube video. It was from Mediaite originally, but I wanted to queue up a particular point in the discussion from the five yesterday in which they were talking about this strategy to to defund Obamacare. And uh, I and other people, uh, Mark, Mark Levin, Bosch included, found Greg Gutfeld's remarks on it particularly disappointing, although... I would say what he said on this is sort of in character with what he's said before about the NSA no, he's and become things like a, that. He's really become a very conventional Republican-minded, you know, host or whatever he wants. Anyway, to let, let's listen to what he has to say here about what he thinks about the strategy and see what your reaction is. Here he goes. Really? Yes, but I'm, can I make a point? You should fight government no. at every. Yeah, I'm going to have to make that louder, and I'm going to go ahead and replay it. Let me let me back it up a little bit and make it louder. Sorry. Here I go. Back it up a little. Uh, I can't remember where it was exactly. It'll maybe like that? No. Oh, yeah, okay. Here we go. Jeffrey Dahmer calling people meat eaters. That's the end of a bad joke. Don't worry. You should fight government at every possible place where you think you can win. <laughs> Whatever government tries to intrude where it shouldn't be, the battle should take win. place. But the battle needs to be smart. I think the smart battle will always be to expend your energy, the Republicans should mm-hmm. expend their energy on the IRS, which is the enforcement arm of Obamacare. They're the ones that are going to make this thing happen, and they're the ones right that targeted that. their political adversaries illegally earlier this year. You go after them, you uh, you basically castrate them politically, mm-hmm. and you force them to, to change. That's the only way you're going to win this battle. In a right now, right? President Obama and the Democrats own Obama. Okay, so first of all, he says, fight the battles that you can win. win. Fight the battles that you can win. If you fought only the battles that you could win, our founding fathers would have never fought the American Revolution. Now, my history education is horribly deficient because I went to government schools. And not only did I go to government schools, I skipped around because I was an army brat. So it seemed that wherever I was going, I got the local history installment that year, and I didn't get the national history nearly enough. But... I've been reading Benjamin Franklin's autobiography, and he was talking about the... Um, the right to health care? No, he was, he was talking it's about the, the British coming and fighting the Battle of Duquesne. I think that's how you pronounce the, the fort or whatever. So it was the 
but you know the British fought the French and Indians at Duquesne, and the I think it was Braddock who was the general, and he was full, full of himself, and he thought, oh, for sure we can win because we have our regular trained, regimented British that. military, and you know we have of course numbers, tons and tons of numbers. And this is a ragtag. And team, and right? and uh, Franklin at the time had actually helped the British get the carts that they needed to move the supplies and everything. So they were well-equipped, they were trained and everything. And nonetheless, they lost horribly at Duquesne. And so Franklin wrote that this put a question in people's minds about how strong the British military actually was. Nonetheless, they had all the money behind them, they had all the supplies behind them, and it was a huge uphill battle. Yep. And for us to think, oh, we were going to win our freedom against the British military, I that mean, the British military was going to give up. When, against- when we declared independence, you know, the guy said, guys, we all know we're going to win, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> now, now I'll sign. Yeah. I mean, that's pathetic. I mean, they pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. Yes, they put everything <laughs> on the line. Not because they're good, not because it was guaranteed they their were lives, win. their fortunes, and their sacred honor. And give me liberty, Gutfeld give me is talking about saving energy. <laughs> it's, it's just now the other thing that some people have talked about is not energy. First, first of all, if these people don't have energy, I mean, okay, I think physical energy is a concern for someone who wants to do a filibuster. Yeah, yeah. So I'm saying, Ted it's, Cruz, it's put on those comfortable yeah. shoes. Get a yes. lot of sleep between now and then. Whatever energy awesome drinks coffee. are the optimal ones for the long, you know, five hour. I don't know what it is. He needs like twenty five, fifty coffee. hour get, energy. Get some triple espresso. <laughs> I don't know, no, but but, but you know, energy. There are a number of, thankfully, a number of these politicians who want to fight this fight. When one runs out of energy, have oh, the other one step up. That's right. It. So this is politics. It's it it's not yet physical war and and this is the thing you know what Cruz and Lee and all of them are trying to do there within the federal government in Washington also the things that Mark Levin are propo- is proposing with respect to a constitutional amendment you know convention a convention to amend the constitution amendment convention these in, are in one sense. yeah these are these are things that they're proposing so that we don't have to get into a physical battle and worry about energy. Our fine followers did that. They did that. They got through the physical battle. They set it all up for us. We have different battles. And they're saying, look, there is a way to avoid the the bloodshed now. There's there's a way. There's we have, a way out. We have checks and balances. There's a way this out. This is how checks and balances are supposed to work. And again, I would reiterate the 230 to 189 or whatever vote no. it was today on the defund measure was along party lines. No. Some people thought that was bipartisan. Why? Because they weren't aware of the right. majority that Republicans have in the House. Why do Republicans have such a majority in the House? Because people want Obamacare gone. That's exactly right. They want it gone. The House was won because of Obamacare, period, to fight it, to make those pay, make the bastards pay for passing it. That's why they lost is, the house. This is not anarchy. This That's is why they working lost the house. within the system of government that was set up, having the checks and balances behave appropriately. And this is something that Andrew uh 
Hmm. Andrew, what's his? Tell me his name. I'm blanked on his name. Uh, McCarthy. McCarthy, duh. Andrew C. McCarthy, Sorry. not the actor. Yes, Andrew C. McCarthy. The actor wouldn't have anything to say. <laughs> I hope on this. Uh, Andrew C. McCarthy. Why did I blank on his name? I'm feeling okay. so horrible. Anyway, he was very eloquent mm. on the checks and balances. He said, look, if this was an issue of constitutional adjudication, the Supreme Court would be doing it. Yeah. If right, it was an right, issue right. of applying a law, then it's the executive branch. He's a lawyer. Right? He's a prosecutor. Yeah. This is an issue of deciding whether or not to fund certain functions of government. Funding is the province of the House. Maybe any of it here? Maybe you want to read a little of it? Or? Um, there yeah, so we, I mean, this is a link that I actually did share over at my blog. But you, you tell me what else stood out for you. I think he was very eloquent on that. Um, there was another. The there end. was there was something else that I wanted to point out myself. He says when it comes to spending, Congress has primacy and pride of place rests with the House. Yes, again the one, and again. And he says the one half of one third Republicans control. He says because the Constitution mandates that spending bills originate in the lower chamber, the one closest to the people. people. He says, equally important, the hard jobs in government are the ones where an office holder has to do something. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier when all that's necessary is to refuse to act. Yeah. Spending requires a positive act by Congress. Not a thin dime may be spent unless Congress approves. This is that's their the job. Point. This is their job. This is not anarchy. Yep. And he says, he says, defunding has a chance to work precisely. I'm skipping down. He says, precisely because it is not an effort to repeal Obamacare. President Obama is a proud man. It is unreasonable I to expect that, that he would ever sign a repeal, a complete surrender that would be tantamount to the omission of a total failure. He says, defunding is not a complete victory. He says, Obamacare would still remain on the books as the law of the land. Yeah, and a lot of them are talking about, oh, it's just delaying. It's just not ready yet. And if Obama could say, well, I agree, it's just not ready. Anyway, he he's saying maybe he'll cave, and and this is this was the point she, I want to get back to, right? He's counting on the fact that he'll cave. He, he, he yeah, he actually bets that he's going to yeah. cave, which I think is very very interesting. Yeah. Um, and and he says why? Because the law is not close to being ready for prime time. It's really not ready. No. And And Obama himself. It'll never be ready. Obama himself I mean, wants to put it thing. off. Right? It'll never be ready. That's the whole thing. These people say, well, it'll never be ready ever. So it's not as it can't be ready. I mean, it, it just can't. Oh no, of course, of course. But but this is the the reason that Obama might yeah. go along with it might you know but everyone's he, second guessing everyone's you know he's being extorted so extorted he's being extorted <laughs> I mean, Extor, extort a president no, I mean, you like, extort uh, something yeah. from someone as far yeah. as I know the grammar should be but whatever right 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 <laughs> uh, state of finance says the same thing it's like you know when McCarthy now McCarthy I have a you know uh, we're friends I have the I, a problem with him when it comes to Islam. So, but even some word choice sometimes when he says he's a proud man. I never heard Obama referred to as such. I would never ever think of him as such. He's not proud. He's a very petty little rat, is what he is. He's not a proud man at all. He's a liar. So yeah, through and through. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to keep uh, saying it over and over. In he terms lied. of uh, in terms of of Harry Reid, the rat, the other rat, saying, "Well, uh, this is anarchy." Uh, I said some earlier. And, I'll repeat it if you don't mind. About sure. if, if doing the right thing gets the scum of the earth to threaten to do all within the power to, vil- to vilify you, then you do it with relish. That's just a plus that the rats will, will, will vilify you. And look at Ted Cruz. He's been called terrorist. A terrorist. You can't, you can't beat that. That means he's doing a great job just by that alone. If you know nothing else about Ted Cruz, say, wait a minute. His opponents call him a terrorist. Who are his opponents? The leftists? Okay, well, he's yeah. good. And keep doing it. Keep doing it. I'm really, like I said, going to be interested to see how he uses the spotlight of the filibuster to get across 
ideas to the American people? Yeah. Will he get fundamental ideas across to the American people? And, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly fine. I hope he's fine. pressing right now. I hope he's <laughs> I'm, I'm working per- on it. I'm perfectly fine with him playing the fairness card to say it is not fair for a law to be applied and foisted upon the American people right. where corporations, perhaps unions, all the members of Congress are getting special exemptions he, and little cushions. They're getting the blow of Obamacare cushioned is what is happening imagine, in Congress. Imagine what doing the right thing also does for even a Ted Cruz. Uh, he has a lot of support right now. The country's behind him. That gives you energy. That gives you a little more strength, a little more power. And I think he's preparing himself for that filibuster. I mean, who knows what you know what he's going through? But we can give our suggestions. You know, his yeah. website. We can offer every, everyone listening can just say, look, do this, try this, read that. You know what I mean? You know, some of, some of it would, for me would just be self-serving. I would love <laughs> to see somebody actually read extended passages from Ayn Rand on the floor of a Senate look, during a nationally televised a, filibuster. That as, would that would as be a reminder for those who would don't it, know. Would it accomplish anything? I don't know. Well, it might. I'd watch it. I, I'd listen. Just, just the, just the, the, the reality of that. Tell me, think about that. The reality of that on the on the floor of the Senate, Iron Man being read by a good politician. A good Emotional leader. fuel. Absolutely. Emotional fuel. It gives it to you. And you know, people who might just be listening say, "Whoa, that's yeah. interesting. That's an interesting words there." But uh, uh, for those who don't know, Ted Cruz has said, "Iron Rand is one of my all time." Heroes, right? You know, so that's that's. I, I'd love to see him yeah. show that on the yeah. floor, but if any of Ted Cruz's people are listening, you are not <laughs> like the NSA and the HHS huh. and all those people who say, "Oh, hello." If you're actually listening, you are most welcome here, uh, and we would love to give you suggestions about things you could read and and not completely alienate the American people, but maybe educate them a little bit. That would be awesome because you can't just read something at random out of Atlas Shrugged. Yes, a, right. you'd give a spoiler, yes. and B, nobody would get it. Uh, but if you read, read selected passages out of Man's Rights, Nature no of Government, it. it would be excellent. And reread it. I mean, you know I mean, yeah. reread it a few times. I mean, seriously. until you get it, we're yeah, going to reread I mean, it until you get it. But let me, let me, let me go back. Let's back up a little bit. So, on, how about, sorry, how about reading the Constitution? How about that one? Um, hey, that, you know, would I mean, that, because, that would be wonderful. That would be wonderful. Because like, what, what, what you reading? What is that? That's you know? right. That's right. That's so extreme. <laughs> <laughs> what, what the hell is that? This is an anarchist. Uh, <laughs> Our Constitution. Um, Hey, read the Liberty Amendments. That uh, would be excellent. Absolutely. Go for it. 200 pages. That, Short. That would be nice. Uh, let's go back because on the discussion on the five, all of them, even Eric Bowling, who was the best of the five there in terms of yeah. saying this battle should happen, these politicians should show exactly where they stand, yeah. whether they're for a complete defunding. Top of the hour. Uh, Etc. Hey, uh, we have the top of the hour. Bosch is reminding me here. This is Don't Let It Go Unheard. You're listening to Amy Peacock. I've got cartoonist Bosch Faustin here in the studio. We are talking and talking and talking about defund Obamacare. Should it be done? Should it not be done? Is it doomed to fail or not? Um, so call in if you'd like to talk about this. If you're listening to Blog Talk Radio right now live, you can call 760-888-5817, or you can participate in the chat room, as many people are over here. Uh, State Defiance in the chat room, by the way, over at Blog Talk Radio says, Hell, Amy, they may as well be speaking Kenyan. No one would Ob- hmm. but Obama would understand it. You know, Michelle Obama said uh, his his homeland of Kenya. I mean, she said that. His wife. Why, yeah. the, hell, why the hell would she say that? Why? <laughs> she said it. We 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 got to call Obama a Kenyan and talk about well, his uh, potential listen, impeachment. Can you listen? But let's let's get back. Let's get back. Let's get back. Okay. So Obama said he was born in Kenya. 
in his autobiography. I know, I know, I know, I know. know. Let's go back. Let's go back to Obamacare. Away from Obama doesn't care. Obama doesn't care. My uh, my point was, all of these people on the five, even Eric Bowling, who was the best yeah, of the five of them, they all assume that this is going to fail, yes. that the defund effort is not going to succeed. No. Andrew McCarthy, no, curiously yeah. enough, yes. thinks it could succeed, and he hangs his hat on the idea that Obama, even I, Obama has to admit that they're not ready to implement this huge behemoth takeover of the healthcare industry. And Andrew McCarthy is not a Pollyanna. He's not at all. He's, he's pretty damn realistic. He's pretty damn, you know, yeah. he's, he's a serious guy. Yeah. And he and, thinks this can go. And that particular explanation, and just the defunding, not the repealing, yeah, exactly. but the, de- the defunding, the yeah. temporary defunding, yes. would allow Obama to save face, et cetera, et cetera. So there's that actual practical avenue that McCarthy has named, and I, I think it's a good one. Yeah, I think so. You think about this, right? Think about David and Goliath, which is the play, you know, I, I did a play on that story today as the title of this show, The Defunders versus Goliath. Everyone's saying that this is doomed to failure, doomed to failure, doomed to failure. And no, I am not religious. No, I don't believe that the things in the Bible happened or, you know, I don't believe that because there's a story told in the Bible, therefore it was. But we have our own American Revolution, which Which was won against incredible odds as, and don't we have the Battle of Thermopylae, right? So we have some... three hundred. We have we have battles in history. We have the the battles, Alamo, absolutely. right, where they fought off for a long time, even though they eventually died. Okay, yeah. but the, but the point Pink is, man versus twenty jihadists. Anyway, sorry. People can achieve things against incredible odds, and I would not. I mean, I, I would. Who lo- fights harder in those kind of battles? Who fights harder? The and people they, who have the principles yes, on their side, right? That's right, the whole so, point. So I, I'm I'm a cheesy, okay. I, my my research is a little cheesy here. I've got a link to an about.com story that I went to. I actually didn't put it on my blog. I'm sorry, but if you Google David and Goliath, you'll find this about.com link. And what David supposedly said to Goliath, the Philistine, he said, "Quote: You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied." Today I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel, et cetera, et cetera. So he's basically saying, I have the right on my side. I have, I, I, I have the truth. I'm an atheist. I, I, I don't believe good. in God, yeah. right? But I believe but in I have yeah. the good. I have the, I have the truth. I have the right where you don't. And Ted Cruz has the good Absolutely. and the right on his side. And, and I agree with your own book, who said that, the battle to defund Obamacare would probably be more powerful if they passed alongside it a piece of legislation that proposed a free market yes. alternative to help the healthcare he actually, industry. If I'm not mistaken, he actually mentioned that in the Hannity appearance. Him and Mike Lee were on Hannity all day. Okay. I believe uh, Hannity did ask that, that potent question, right. and he said, look, we have something, and I think, I don't know when they're going to... Unveil it. it, yeah. But they do have something. They would, yeah. I don't know what it is, but we'll but, see. But here's, it's here's important. the thing. It, that piece of legislation could not be passed right now. No way. What is possible, it's not probable, it certainly not certain, what is possible is to get at least a temporary defunding of this monstrosity. And I think that because 
Ted Cruz has right on his side, because he is an articulate defender of the right and because he is now set up to potentially have the spotlight in the Senate and shame all of those people into going to his side, yes. I think it could happen. And, and bring I would, the American I would, people I, into it. Bring I would the love, American people into it. Yeah, and I would love to watch O'Reilly oh, yeah. and all the other naysayers, any oh, of the ones man. on the five who thought it couldn't happen. Absolutely. I would love to watch them eat their words. What, I don't know, I don't know if it's going to happen. Well, I can't tell you that it's going to. They were not part of the, no, but not, you know, to not be part of the battle, to be a naysayer, to fight against the fight, and, and then the, the, the fighters win. What the hell are they going to say? I mean, really, they, they're going to say something stupid, or they're going to ignore it, which is ugly. They need our support. They need our support, and they're not giving it to them. I mean, it's, it's – it, uh, I told you this, sorry. Just Go ahead. Yeah. About, about David and Goliath. I, I said, uh, here are the naysayers. I don't know, man. You know, this Goliath dude's pretty big. Uh, I, I probably can't win, and, and it, if, if you try to fight him, I'll fight you too. That's what they're doing. They're saying basically – we don't want you to fight. This is not a battle worth having. And not, not only just say we don't want them to fight, they want to argue against those who are fighting. Well, and they're doing it under the guise of strategy, right? So, <laughs> when, so whenever Republicans fight, that's good. I mean, I want that. I want to see it because they so rarely fight. They rarely fight. And this idea that they're going to fight in any kind of principled way in any other issue, no. This is the issue. This is it. The here and now. It's Obamacare. This goes through. We're done. We're, I, this goes through. We're a... through. Can I have the Broken a Record Award for this show? Because I need to repeat one more time. The reason we had a 230 to whatever yes. party line yes. vote is because yes. we have a big majority in the House. The reason we have a big majority in the House yes. is because people don't want Obamacare. Yes. This is the fight. This, this is, is it. the fight. This is it. This is it. So, and again, I personally experienced how inspiring it is to see a politician fight to the extent possible to him an important issue. And, and he has pledged. Ted Cruz has pledged to do whatever he can procedurally, including filibuster, in order to try to get this done. McCarthy is giving a plausible avenue by which it might happen. I would love to see the implausible happen. And then, yes, please do offer the free market alternative so you don't have the reputation of just being naysayers. But Ted Cruz, use, use the platform that you have wisely. That's all I can say. Look, he's the most important guy in Washington right now. Uh, Circumstances have made him so. I mean, he has taken the, the lead. Obama is a destructive force. Everyone knows that. you got to keep fighting against him. He's the only guy there who gives us hope. And I, I don't like that word. I mean, honestly, I, I never liked him when Obama ran. It's a, it's a really nothing word. But in this climate where we are right now, I do feel a little energized. I do feel, I don't know. I mean, there's possibility here that we may actually be able to fight and win and get rid of this crap. And get rid of these rats. You want to you hear the sad thing that I had in the back of my mind that all of this is just an elaborate charade for them to pretend that they're fighting on our behalf no. when they have no intention? Some now, I think, I think in Boehner's case, yes, that might be absolutely. true. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Safest seat, safe, whatever. He's an unprincipled hack. But he understands the win may. He may have heard something, seen something, says, wait a minute. If we win, it'll be good, and I can keep my seat in this and that. But the, uh, there are no doubt, no doubt, some who even, who even voted to fight against it think that. But that's not the point. This is the right fight. This is it. There's no other fight. What's what's a bigger fight right now? Someone try to say, well, how about Medicare? Please kill this 
Me, well, I'm sorry, you actually, can't kill us now. Actually, Fight uh, this now. one person, Ken Gardner on Twitter, whom I was also, I mean, he and I were sort of both doing battle on this. Although, it's funny because he, he disagrees on the strategy of the fund. He thinks it's a, it's, it's a bad strategy, as does MasterCard and all, all these other people. <laughs> oh, but whatever. Um, I, I think it is important to stand on principle yes. to do whatever thing that you can possible. The house, is, the house is designed and set up by our founding fathers to do exactly this sort of yes. thing. If they don't do anything, they are not using all the possible avenues to protect freedom how that were much, set up by the founding how fathers. How much percentage of his power of the house of the purse has John yeah. Boehner used in the last three years, two years? How? Yeah. Seriously. I know. Nothing. Yeah. 10, 20, 30% tops. Oh, we did a lot of votes to repeal. He has not done <laughs> it. He has not done his job. It's, it's horrible. And uh, I'd say some house guys got, got on and say, hey, John, <laughs> you're out of here. Uh, before the, the midterm. Well, Way or, before the midterm. Or some people tell him, look, it's going to fail anyway. Say, listen, we're going to close down your favorite tanning, sal- tanning saloon. No, no, no. Saloon. <laughs> tanning saloon, or else. He goes, okay, guys, come on, let's go. <laughs> You know, we're, we're gonna we're gonna bomb your cigarettes from you every day. We're gonna pre- you know. What What do you think uh, about Gutfeld's idea that the place to go after no. is the IRS? That's a roundabout the way. IRS. That's a roundabout. You go to the beast. You don't go to the beast uh, uh, enforcers. You don't go to the beast enforcer. You go to the beast. That, that's where you go. And this is just his way, maybe to say face. Say, well, I'm not a totally opposed to the fight, but that's the fight. That's not the fight. Now, that's he, not the fight. Here's, here's, now, so, sorry, one second. The hell should we go after the IRS anyway? They should be going after NSA. They should be going after everything. Well, and and another quibble that I had with the way that he said that was, we'll just go after them. And he said something like, castrate them politically. Yeah. Now, castrate them politically is very vague language. Yes. I would like him to say, abolish the IRS. He means the kick them IRS. in the balls. And there's, and abolish there, there'll be, the IRS. Of course abolish. You know, and that's what Ted Cruz was talking about, the, literally. You know, the, the point is... It, it's not, oh, well... If he said abolish it, that's a different story. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, the point is not, oh, they have all this government power. Let's just make sure that they use it in a fair way and they don't abuse their power for political ends. No, these people have power that they shouldn't have to initiate force against us, to steal our no. money, to prevent certain types of speech within the context of no. the tax code, blah, 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 blah. So... This idea of, oh, well, let's just, you know, go against the IRS. The entire thing needs to be stopped before it starts. And uh, and after the fact, let's go after the IRS. It's going to be way too little, way too late. This idea that you can allow this beast to, to walk by you without you doing anything against it and to say, well, we'll, we'll live to fight all day. It's like, again, it's like, it's like waiting for Iran to get nukes and then say, now we're going to fight them. Yeah. To wait for them to get nukes. To wait for Obamacare to be implemented. It's, a, it, that, it's over. The battle is over at that point. What do you know about the story of Twelve Angry Men? Uh, the, the the film with the, right. with the jury and there was a killer. I don't, I don't, not too much, but why? So, well, okay. So I'm unfortunately culturally completely. I saw it years ago, but I, I yeah. don't remember. So, so, but the idea is that they a jury came in and most of them were set on a particular verdict, yeah, and one, one man yeah. turned them yes, around. Yes. Okay, so one I, have, man, exactly. I, have, I have this vision of good. Ted Cruz yes. during his filibuster <laughs> turning these Democrats, uh, and, 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 and not those lousy Republicans, right? We're talking... He could become ba- more Boehner, than... Yes. Ba- Boehner, I mean, not Boehner, um, uh, uh, stupid McCain and the other Lindsey Graham uh. and, and the stupid other lousy so-called Republicans. I don't think... 
that Cruz could turn them around. But I, I think Cruz is more likely to change the mind of Democrats than so. he is to change those jerks' minds. I think you're right. And, and also one thing, he'll, he's a reminder to them, he's a, he's a reproach to them, but he's also a reminder to them that, wait a minute, I was like him when I, when I first arrived here. I was like him. And that's what I thought I would be. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he'll tap into that. You cannot help but be affected by that. They cannot help but be emotional about that. When they see this guy doing the right thing, doing what he said he'd do, sticking to the law and sticking to, to the to you know to, to the way that the country is supposed to be, they cannot help but be affected. So there might be some more you know some decent ones, some not destroyed politicians yet who might he might resonate with. Possible. Yeah. yeah. Possible. So I, so I, I look forward to seeing some of that potential. Uh, he talked about using every procedural trick available to him. And then the question is, you know, oh, is it unfair if somehow he achieves his end through a procedural trick? No, it is not. First of all, first of all, this is death. Again, I believe yes. I believe that the cover of the legislation should have skull and crossbones <laughs> on it. You know what? I That's can what draw that. Can, can you draw, draw it for yes. us, please? Perfect. Yeah, Obamacare, you know, 2000 and whatever yes. the hell pages. And just put May, skull and Make a skull on. with some big ears on it. Exactly. Yeah. Can you do it? Yes. Thank I can you. Do it. New cartoon idea every yes. show promised right here. So I want to, you know, that that happens. So first of all, it's death. So you fight death. However, these people have guns pointed to our heads. Yes. If it takes a procedural trick by Ted Cruz <laughs> to save us from the gun that's pointed Please. at our head, I'm sorry. It, it, it's like it's like Immanuel Kant, you know, and he says, well, don't lie to the axe murderer who's at the door about when he asks you where the children are. You know, yeah. you don't say first door on the left. You lie. Yes. Because uh, this lie. is not this is not lying. Lying is a contextual issue. You know, lying is when you are trying to uh, fake some sort of value. If you're trying to preserve a value from an, the initiation of force from people who have no right to take stuff to from you, protect sorry, the American people from, from, from having their rights violated, so, which is what Obamacare does thoroughly. Yeah. So, so there's that. The other thing is that if we're talking about procedural correctness, according to the Supreme Court approved interpretation of Obamacare, under which the mandate is a tax, that legislation should have originated in the House, and procedurally it did not. It was not passed correctly procedurally. Uh, so if exactly it wasn't right. passed correctly procedurally, I it's don't give a damn whether it's defunded correctly procedurally. Right? So, right. so, yeah, I would, I would love to see... Ted Cruz turn everybody around 12 angry man style you know, when, in the Congress. When, but if he doesn't and he has to resort to a procedural trick, more power to you, Ted Cruz. When you got to kill a monster, you know, you know, you have some limited weapons. What do you say? Ah, I don't have the right weapon. You know, to hell with it. No, you get whatever you, 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 you know, you take the monster's arm and, and you know what I mean, use that against them. Whatever it is. Whatever you have. You put the monster's fist in his mouth, choke him on it. Whatever and, it is. And, and this idea that, I mean, we have rational, and I, I would I would say Andrew McCarthy, he's a measured, calm, oh, yeah. intellectual, respectable person. He's no he's wacko. Not. He's no wacko, and he thinks it is possible that this defund measure and could succeed. He said succeed. all the right things here also, and he understands the. This is a you know he admires Cruz and uh, Lee, and I admire the hell out of him. And I'm you know I'm. Uh, you know, it's been cruise, cruise, cruise. I mean, no doubt about it. But Mike Lee really impressed me this week also when he was on Hannity. Very good, very articulate, strong, and that's I why need, I need to watch that clip. Yeah, I don't give him enough credit. It's, it's, I do a, not. it's a great clip. It's it's just seeing two guys fighting the good fight, whatever kind of 
problems you may have. Well, they should have said this. Guys, these are politicians. They're doing the best that they can with what they have. And right now we have to support them because they are supporting us. Yeah. They are supporting and, our rights. And, and again, and again, you know, this is just an answer to all these people, the O'Reillys of the world, the mm. Gutfelds of the world, the Dana Perino, you're a sweetheart, but sorry, this is cute. You mean cutie pie. All, all, all That's all she is, cutie say, pie. Look, all we're going to do is make people mad and make them blame Republicans. And, blah, blah. Look, and also this other day, I'm tired of these fights. Tired of these fights? Yeah, no. These are... Well, first of all, there hasn't been a fight like this. <laughs> no, there hasn't been. Sorry. And forever. The, I mean, the, no. the last thing I remember like this, and I still remember it to this day, and I still give him kudos to this day, is Phil Graham fighting Hillary Claire, Care yes. on the floor yes. of the Senate. And he was doing it. He right. was doing it. By because they they give this huge behemoth piece of legislation that has no page numbers, right? Just a bunch of printed paper with no page numbers. So he has his staff go through all of it for the purpose of discovering where all the taxes, because there's a ton of taxes in this crap, right? So he puts it on the scale and he says <laughs> this, right. this this whole stack of paper that they foisted on us, this whole stack of paper, it weighs however many pounds, however many ounces. And if you go down X number of ounces, that is the first tax. And then he reads off what the tax is. And then he says, if you go down, you know, X number of ounces more, then that's the next tax, et cetera, et cetera. That's how he fought it. So so I haven't seen a battle like this, I think, since then. Medicine medicine is, what, one-sixth of the economy? They're planning a huge takeover of it. This is a BFD as who's the jerk that said this when the legislation was passed? Yes. Read, right? Uh, Biden. Biden, Biden, this Biden. is a big effing deal. Oh, yeah. it, it is yeah. huge. So you don't see this every day. Now, no. suppose it fails. It's a, I mean, this suppose, is a battle suppose, against suppose, evil. Suppose, is what it is. Yeah, but so yeah. Suppose this battle against evil fails. Suppose it fails, and suppose, or or suppose it succeeds, and it, everybody gets mad at Republicans for it for whatever reason. Suppose mm. whether it fails, mm. it succeeds, the government shut down, it, whatever comes to pass. Suppose that people get mad at Republicans for fighting the evil of Obamacare. If that happens, I say we are much worse off than I think we are. This is something we need to know. If the American people get mad at Republicans for actually standing up against death enacted, then we're screwed anyway. And all your strategizing and we're going to elect good people in 2014 and the blah, blah, it does not matter because there's nothing to save because we, people are getting mad at Republicans for standing up on principle. That is ridiculous. Can we call ridiculous. it Megadeth instead of Obamacare? Megadeth. I mean, like a band, Megadeth. I mean, that's what it is. It's Megadeth. But, but see, that's an insult to Megadeth. That's true. I'm sorry. We that's can't true. do it. You're right. Veto. That's true. I, I have a show veto. I agree. So anyway, that that's my answer. If it makes people mad, then we are we are in a bad way. We are. I mean, and, we're and, in a bad way. You know, I just I I don't know. With Obama, with post nine eleven, with with the enemy still alive, everything that's been going on is things have been going to hell. I still believe that we are. We just haven't been given enough, uh, you know, quote unquote hope out there. I hate the word, but. In terms of our elected officials, and Ted Cruz has given that hope. Yeah, yeah. I have not, I don't remember the last politician. Kudos, Reagan kudos was the last politician him. who may say, you know what? Yeah, I like that he represents us. You know, I, I like and whatever. You don't have to agree with everything. That's not the point. But the guy who made, mocked government, loved the country, clearly loved the country, fought the good fight, and was hated big time. I mean, right. Reagan was right. 
they hated him worse than any of our enemies. The media, the culture, the, you know, yeah. the, the, the Hollywood, they despised him. And that was to, to his credit. So if they want to hate the Republicans for this, please hate them. Because right now, Republicans have been uh, well, tolerated, you know? If, if, if certain segments of the population hate them, fine. But if a significant I doubt chunk, it. I doubt it. You know why? Yeah, Flat out, because yeah. most Americans despise Obamacare. They hate it. Exactly. They want what, 57%? And if they're Republicans, yes. And if they're Republicans, if these guys that they hate are fighting it on their behalf, all of a sudden things change. Now, you know, just, their perception of Republicans change. Just little concrete reminders of things that are at stake here. As I said, Aetna and Anthem discontinuing individual policies of people in California. Anthem shifting their holders, policyholders over to other policies that conform to the requirements of Obamacare and are more expensive, of course. Little story that I linked to over at DontLetItGo.com under the program notes section for today's show is Obamacare will question your sex life. And I actually had planned to spend a lot of this show coming up with a story that we should all tell in protest. I'm actually hoping that Obamacare doesn't go into effect. But if Obamacare does go into effect, we will have to revisit this issue because this article that I have, I think it's from the New York Post. Yeah, it was published on the 15th of September. It's Obamacare Will Question Your Sex Life, written by Betsy McCaughey, who, as I understand, is maybe the only living person yes. who has read the Obamacare legislation and that's why from cover to cover. And that's why she fights it more than anyone. Yeah, She's she written a book about it. Fights She's, and fights and fights. Yeah. So supposedly what they, the doctors are required to ask of you, regardless of whether the answers to the question are germane to your treatment, you, it can be a cardiologist to where this is not even going to be relevant because it's not going to have anything to do with sexually transmitted disease or whatever. Supposedly, the doctor should ask you, are you sexually active? If so, with one partner, multiple partners, or same-sex partners. And then you're supposed to be ready to answer these questions and more the next time you go to the doctor. And here's the kicker. All those answers will be included in the huge database that the government is collecting of all your personal information that they will safeguard with the utmost care, of course, as we're hearing from the NSA and the IRS and all that junk. Again, it's not an issue of abuse. Oh, let them have it because it's all for our own good. Just don't let them abuse it. Government does not have a right to collect this information no. about us to get in between me and my doctor. Anyway, so so my my protest, the protest I would like to do is that we all come up with the exact same verbatim story about engaging in an orgy with John Boehner and Barack Obama. And I'll, I'll still include John Boehner in the story for now because I maybe, maybe that was it. It was me threatening to tell stories about being in an orgy with John Boehner and Barack Obama that turned him around and made it. <laughs> that's, that's what it was. Yes. That was it. That was that's it. it. But no. So he says, "I want anyone to see my my tan lines." That's right. That's right. If uh, well, we'll talk about the tan lines in, in the story, <laughs> oh. right? But if um if if Ted Cruz fails and and Mike Lee and and other people who to whom I need to be giving credit, not just Ted Cruz, uh, if they happen to fail and this goes into effect, then we need to organize a protest in the form of telling the exact same 
verbatim story a big about yeah about having an orgy with these guys. And, and I, I'm and, I'm know, a clean person. I do I do not like to no. write raunchy things. But this was I'll be damned if this was this not the is, first thought that came to yes, my mind, which my is that we that, should tell a story about yes. having an orgy with Barack Obama and John Boehner, yep. and that is our protest. You know, my thought was uh, to write down while well, you know the government is uh, you know government rape, you know unconsensual sex with the government, and that that's that that's what happened. And uh, Mark Levin had the uh, he was talking about it. He goes an eight nine year old guy named Joe. He goes and doctor, hey Joe, I got to ask you, uh, you know how's it? you guys like what? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> what 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 sex? What are you talking about? <laughs> no, but but they have to go through these hoops, and they get fined if they don't. Right. This is this is evil, is what it is. We gotta we gotta start speaking in those terms. It's not just a bad bill. It's not, this is absolute. It evil. doesn't work. It no, is it's evil. more than that. I mean, what right? It is it is government initiating force in order to redistribute wealth in a different way in the yeah. field of healthcare. Also, the redis- total control. The redis- you know, it's one thing the redistribution of health, which is not. It is of wealth. It is given, taking money from here, there, 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 messing, getting the government. I mean, it's just. Well, when you redistribute wealth, you redistribute health. Yeah, technically, yeah. Because you are true. taking away the fruits the of people's of labor. Health, right? Yeah. The, the, the redistribution of, of health. health. It's what it is. Health and wealth. Health because of wealth. Mm. Anyway, I just wanted to, get, to give you yeah. that little link. Again, no, we're, we're not going to come up with our story now. I have <laughs> I have a small bit of hope. And, yes, my grandmother said, my grandmother always said, hope is just a little bit better than despair. Reason she said that, hope and despair are both emotions. Hope happens to be positive. Positive um, I have a little bit of hope that the avenue that McCarthy is talking about might Succeed, and that this effort to defund Obamacare might actually happen. Also, you know, one thing also, Obama has lost whatever the pretense of any kind of moral authority that he's had, even with his own, even with the left. He really has. Yeah. That doesn't help him at all. Yeah, and so that's what I'm thinking. That Twelve Angry Man style. Yes. You know, Twelve Angry Man style. He gets there with the mm-hmm. filibuster. We should and watch he... that and just review it next week and just see, you know, just just the uh, the comparisons to uh, one man going into yeah. a, a place that they're convinced this guy's got to go to the gas room, right? And he comes in there and asks important questions and yeah. talks to them and persuades them. And there's one, do, you know. Do a little Socratic method, which he's familiar with because he's a graduate of law school. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah. you know. You know uh, do it, uh, do it, do it. Do it. And uh, um, maybe they should be required to uh, wash it right now, maybe, uh, you know, wa- uh, wash them. Does anybody have any comments that they want to actually phone in here? 760-888-5817. But, but don't do phone so it if in. You'd like to. You know, just call it. You know I mean? <laughs> um. Holly in the chat room said that she has no idea about the fact that they're going to be asking you questions yeah, about it, your sex life. It went life. under the radar. Yeah. It was in a paper, and I just we caught it because it was. Uh, I think Drudge had a little small link to it. If uh, if you read the story at the post, you'll see that if you are not in the idea of joining the protest that I would like to put together, where we all tell this story about the orgy, that's not quite your <laughs> style. Well, uh, it's not yours either, but it's just the. That, the point that they would ask those questions leads your mind there. So wait a minute. I mean, this is what we're reduced to as a form of protest. It's disgusting. But um, the author of the article suggests that you could ask your doctor to keep two sets of books. No. One set of books in which the doctor talks about your personal life and just handwrites it. And then the other stuff that the doctor puts in the database. And, and for all the stuff that goes I mean, in the database, you just say, I refuse, I refuse, I refuse, the, I refuse. The doctors being forced to become government agents. Forced to go against what they're what what's one do no harm, 
you know, they're telling them, do harm, as much harm as you can against your patients because we want you to. This is just the way it is, and you're going to take it. And those with the with greatest the, good for the greatest number. Those with the with, with the conscience will get the hell out of, out of the field. Uh, those with no conscience are running to the field of medicine right now because of Obamacare. Uh, this is um, you know this is this is this is the big one. I've I've had about enough Obamacare. How about you? Yes. Are we good? Can we yes, go on to another please. story? Let's let's go on to another story, and I'm going to circle back to something that I was involved in before I got into. <laughs> The Obamacare again, which is Apple. Again, I downloaded my iOS 7. I've been playing with it. Aesthetics, I, I like the font. I think it's very readable. Maybe I'd like to see a little bit more contrast aesthetically in some of the screens, you know, depending on the functionality you're working with. I don't necessarily like the flat look or the colors, some of the colors. It's a little neon-y or primary whatever for my... mm, I'm getting used to it already, though. So, you know, you know, I remember I I, I used to be a big BMW connoisseur and now, you know, can't afford such things because of Obama. Thank you. Um, Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I remember when uh, BMW would do a huge redesign. And at first, all the lovers of BMWs would say, oh, it's a horrible design. I hate it. It's disgusting. Look how ugly. And then the design would grow on people. And sometimes these designers are ahead of the public. You know, remember Jobs always said, you know, you don't just give people what they say they already want. You give them what you definitely think they should want. And then you show it to them and then they will come along with you. You create what you want. You create what you want, yeah. Which is Jobs' thing. That's why I think they were so successful. Yeah. I mean, that's why they are so So successful. So I think that these guys are are doing that. And my my little joke, which I don't think I've actually told in in public yet, is that these guys like Johnny Ives and stuff, they're getting older. And so they wanted a font that their old aging eyes could read more easily on the screen. I find I find that I can read the font a little more easily. It's a good looking font. And it's I I like I I like the 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 colors I can whatever, but uh, the way the the apps pop up, I mean it's just it's pretty cool. I like it. Um, I don't like the fact that the email program though doesn't have a real specific mention that you have a new email. It just has a number, and sometimes, I mean, I can't tell, unless you hear the sound. Yeah, you you hear the sound, or you do get little notifications about your VIPs or whatever. Here's one thing, though. I mean, I I think that functionality is actually good, because I think unless unless you get an email from a VIP, you shouldn't be interrupted with this stuff. I guess. Interruptions, destroy productivity, all that kind of good stuff. So so good good on that. Is it possible that that they thought about that? It's possible. I think fewer notifications will... You know, further productivity a lot, a lot more. I mean, you can get as many notifications as you want. Go ahead and program them. But I think having defaults with fewer notifications is is better for productivity. Just my my two cents. But yeah, so I've been in this world, and as some of you might know, they've released also this week new iPhones. Uh, they have the iPhone 5C, which is essentially the five, the iPhone 5, a little bit cheaper with a plastic. More oh. brightly colored case. The, 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 the fingerprint thing or no? Um, I don't okay. think that has the fingerprint thing, not the 5C. Then they have the 5S, which was released at midnight right. Pacific time today. And that phone is offering fingerprint ID as one of the features. So as I understand it, you could open your lock screen. Instead of putting in a password, you just put your fingerprint 
on, you know, over the little thing, and I think it's in the button, and then your phone will automatically open so you don't have to enter this password. Great time-saving device, but it has raised the question whether Apple's fingerprint ID, this is, I'm reading from a story Mm -hmm. at Wired Magazine, Apple's fingerprint ID means that you can't take the Fifth Amendment. And hat tip for this story goes to Sunny Lohman. She posted it on my Facebook page earlier today and asked, you know, would you take a look at this and see what you think about whether you would be giving up your Fifth Amendment rights. And if, if you read this story, you know, it, it opens up a complex issue. It opens up a, opens up a complex issue because – As far as I understand it, and I'm not a Fifth Amendment expert, the Supreme Court has held for years that if you are forced to turn over papers that on the papers themselves reveal testimonial things about yourself, you know, that you would be incriminating yourself in the papers, that's not in violation of the Fifth Amendment. The Supreme Court can take your stuff. Now, what they're talking about here is suppose the incriminating stuff is in your phone. There's incriminating stuff about you in your phone. And suppose the only way to get at that stuff is by you entering a password that only you know. Supposedly, the government forcing you, and Bosch, I'm, I keep pointing at Bosch, he's sitting here in the studio. Um, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, you know, when you're teaching a law class, you use some poor student as the sucker. You know, you're the criminal, and let me tell all this story about you. But, you know, so suppose the police uh, say, you know, Bosch, we want you to enter your password so that we can get mm-hmm. in all this information that's in your phone that's incriminating about you. Supposedly, that would violate the Fifth Amendment well, I, because I them, that that would violate the Fifth Amendment. Why? Because it's testimonial in nature in the sense that it requires you to reveal contents of your mind, namely the password, in order to get access to that data in the phone. So that that's what's going on there. But if it's just your fingerprint, and the police just say, put your finger here, then there's no revealing the content of your mind in order to get at the stuff in the phone. Do you see what I mean? So 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 therefore there's no Fifth Amendment violation because they're not asking you to share anything testimonial. It's just sharing the physical fingerprint on your hand. No matter what the access. Well, I mean, if if that's the only way to access the stuff that's in the phone. Now, there's a few different ways to go to answer this question. First of all, the stuff that's on your phone is is the phone the only place where your stuff is? If your phone is being backed up in iCloud, then via the third-party doctrine, which I've talked about to death and which I've published about, um, you know, the third-party doctrine says that once you share information with a third party, you no longer have a reasonable expectation of privacy in that information. The government does not need a search warrant in order to get that information from the company. So if you're backing up all of your private stuff on your iPhone using iCloud, Government can get it another way anyway, so whether you do the fingerprint or not doesn't matter. Back it up on your computer. If you don't have your computer password protected and somehow the government gains access to your computer, which sometimes the government has been doing, like with laptops when you come back from overseas at an airport, they've been taking computers and scanning the entire contents of laptop computer. So, you know, there's other places where this information might be. That that's one thing to talk about. The other thing to talk about, and this is a question that I have thought about a little bit, but I have not explored it, and I would like to explore it. Is it right that the government should be able to 
force you just to physically turn over stuff that itself would is testimonial in nature, right? So, for instance, if I put stuff in a diary or I put stuff in the iPhone that I'm intending to record only for my own purposes, not to share with anybody else, why is it no longer testimonial just because I've recorded it somewhere, even though I've recorded it in a place that's designed not to fall in anyone else's hands? Mm. So, you know, wh- why is it not testimonial if you're just handing over that, that paper, that iPhone? So I'm thinking that this, you know, fingerprint thing and, and saying, okay, well, the fingerprint isn't testimonial, so therefore there's no Fifth Amendment violation if we force you to put your fingerprint on the phone and then we take all the information from your phone – Maybe all of this is going to force courts to reconsider whether taking the information on the phone violates the Fifth Amendment or not, whether it's testimonial when you're being forced, in effect, to share it more broadly than you had intended. That's just my two cents. Um, But practically speaking... I would say, you know, in in today's legal climate, there's two things. Yeah, it seems that if all you're doing is putting that one fingerprint there and that's the only thing between the government getting the information or not, yeah, it's not. it doesn't seem like it's going to violate the Fifth Amendment on today's law. Um, How do you get around that? It could be, as the author of the Wired article suggests, that you require both the fingerprint and some sort of a password, some sort of keystroke combination. Or as somebody else suggested, I think on Twitter, I don't know who suggested this, that it be a combination of fingerprints. Hmm. So suppose only you know that it's going to be your ring finger, your thumb, and then your pinky, or what, you know, whatever the combination is. And that's what's required to unlock the phone. If the government forces you to do that, then you are sharing the content of your mind, namely the combination of fingers that's required to open the phone, and therefore it would be testimonial in nature, even under today's law. So that's one, you know, thing to talk about, how to, how you can, you know, kind of uh, circumvent the today's law. You can't just have the single fingerprint. Uh, the other thing to think about is whether all that information on your iPhone is accessible to the government in some other way, and it probably is, unfortunately, thanks to the activities of the NSA as revealed by Snowden. So hopefully, Sunny, that gives you a little bit of answer to your question. It's certainly not a cheery, happy, optimistic answer to the question. But the cool thing is that Apple is still innovating, is still breaking new ground with devices like the iPhone in today's economy. One thing that I enjoyed, uh, as I talked about earlier, was the iTunes radio. I like the iTunes radio. Of course, it's very good for them because they can put a little link uh, while you're listening to each song. There's a little link on the display showing you how to buy that song and how much it costs. It's a very good way to introduce yourself to music. Like If you like a certain band, then they play uh, other bands that sound of a similar similar quality and you might like them and buy them. And that's fun. I mean, I like that. That's good business, no doubt. Oh, excellent, excellent. And and I was listening to what they call U2 radio. I just put the band U2 in there. And, of course, they start with a U2 song, and then there's a whole bunch of other yeah. stuff. And I listened to, I think, a dozen songs, 
And only two of them yeah. were sort of duds right. that I forwarded right. through. Exactly. And yeah. I, I had I had an excellent experience. Right. So I think that whoever is putting those together also has good taste. It's just it's a, it's a brilliant way to listen to radio because, I mean, otherwise you can listen to radio and be bombarded with stuff that you really don't like. A lot of it, you know, I can't listen to regular radio right. anymore. This you listen to, you start with a band that you really like, and then it goes off there, and you get some really interesting sounds and some interesting bands. And if it's done well, which it seems to be done well in Apple, then... Yeah, I'm happy to listen to a commercial here and there sure. to listen to an assortment of songs that I wouldn't have necessarily thought of, That's the whole thing. but that I like. Yep. It being and introduced to new bands, new music, it's just, it's great. Yeah. I like it. it. It might take a little bit of the fun out of kind of creating your own playlist and figuring out what to listen to next. So I think you still need to do that to your for yourself. It, it, it's, it's kind of like using a calculator instead of actually doing math. The mm, old, you, you, you've still you got to go through the idea of, 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 you know, crafting your own playlist. But I, I really enjoy it for things like doing dishes, which is what I was doing. <laughs> uh, mindless activity, you just want to have a nice soundtrack to it. So um, Apple fingerprint ID, I hope, Sunny, that I did a decent job of answering that question it does it does raise a an important legal issue for me and and i i would like to explore that some more by the way seven two five two one so you know you think it's flat i think it's the opposite now uh, the icons a lot of the icons look flat flat color pink blue but the actual you know the uh the the new apps in, here and there the the I, I guess the writing thing the notebook thing is a little off you know to to work from the old yellow notepad thing but overall well and I, I think I think also uh, he's talking about some layers that you see sometimes so for instance if you bring up the today view you see things behind it right, right. so is is I think if you swipe down from the top is that how you, yeah see okay, yeah. so you can see yeah, behind cool. the today view the yeah. little layers so that doesn't look so flat no. But the icons themselves, yeah. I just I just don't it's like the, the, the look of the icons. But I'm already getting the used phone, to the look of the icons. Green, I'm already getting used to music, it. Music, fluorescent pink. I mean, I mean, but I am getting used to it also. I, I like new at times. I mean, I, I love going to a place I've never been before. It's like flying somewhere and just you know, walking on, on ground you've never been before. I like that. Here's a here's a question for you, 72521. And this is something that I was going back and forth with uh, Steve Green about last night. Uh, the color that I would like of the iPhone is the champagne. That was the one that I am attracted to. I'd like the iPhone S in champagne color. Don't know if I'll ever get it. We'll see if Apple will uh, grace me with its so, presence. So what, you order that, but but they might not give it to you? That well, one? I mean, I don't know when, right? Okay. So it's, I'm on some huge wait list, I'm sure. But that's the one I would like. And, uh, you know, Steve and I were able to still speak civilly because he wanted a different color so I wasn't in competition with him I wasn't going to take his place in line which I wouldn't have anyway but anyway what I said was, and he and this is what he said he said about the champagne he says he says that color is more attractive than it deserves to be or something like that he had a you know he was he's always so witty and what I my thought was it's a very elegant look I'm wondering if the elegant look of the champagne colored iPhone S will clash with the more primary color look yeah. of the new iOS 7. Yeah. And he seemed to agree that maybe that was an issue, that iOS 7 is almost more designed for, you know, coordinating with the 5C. Yeah, pinkish. Yeah. It, it maybe looks better with the 5C than it does with the right. 5S. So that you, you can chew on that. Uh, 72521 there in the chat room. Holly says that she's not an Apple person, so she doesn't know what's going on. I'm sorry. We we have to go on. Okay, but, we have, we have uh, talked about two um, uh, titans who got together. Uh, 
Adam Waste and uh, William Shatner. No, uh, what? No, 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 no. Okay, so no, I, thought, no. I thought that was the next topic. <laughs> Is that the next topic? But by the way, they they've had very similar acting styles. They both had bellies in the in the sixties. Adam in West. There. Adam yeah. Waste. Oh, West. I'm sorry. I thought it was Waste. <laughs> uh, they were at a convention recently and talked. Just so funny. I mean, I just I I was I was talking about it. I looked them up. Literally, I think this past week or two, they got together at a convention and talked things out, whatever, and with, with the fans. Pretty funny. That's all. Um. Sorry, it's it's nice that fun stuff like that can still go on yeah. in this economy. Here's my transition. They're in their 80s, here's, 84, here, here's, here's my awkward transition. Are you ready? Yeah. So these two respected actors, nostalgia. They're in their 80s. Yes. They can go to a convention and, and entertain fans who pay quite a bit of money oh, to yeah. go. Fifty bucks, I think. That's Fifty bucks yeah. at least per head. Yeah. Even in today's economy, in which this is the transition. Story from Washington Post. It says the typical American family makes less than it did in 1989. Mm. Wow. So you know, again, yeah, if you if you make equivalent dollars, right? So if you make it 2012 dollars or whatever, uh, that the American family makes less. So it says household incomes were basically flat in 2012, and that it was actually down from what the typical American family made in 1989. In, uh, and Obama had a, a speech about it, and he, he lamented it, and he said, I'm sorry, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh he did? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, here, here's the exact figure. 1989, median American household income, 51681 And in 2012, it was 51017 1989. 2013, wow. You'd think that we could get more productive over time, that technology would make us more productive, able to create more wealth per household on the average. But I think due to government inter- intervention that has only increased steadily since 1989, that, yeah. Now, wealth went up for a little while and then went down, and I think that's due to the after-effect of Reagan's policies for a while and then yes. afterward decreased thanks to the policies of Carter and Bush. Etc. Etc. Both It's just depressing. And, and here's the thing. Here's you know, uh, not to be harder on Greg Gutfeld already. Just I think he's I think he's definitely wrong on the Obamacare strategy thing. Well, the Obamacare I he was wrong strategy, on the NSA. The NSA. Here, here's just a little nitpicking point though. He he said about this story on on Red Eye. He said that even though our income is down in equivalent dollar measure. Our lives are better because of all the cool things we have, like iPhones and this and that. Now, maybe that is true in the sense that technology has made it so that our lives are a little bit better. But there's two things that I would like to look at to question that story that he told. One is how many hours are people working on average in order to keep themselves going? And the second thing is, there's no silver if, here. If, if, if it's true that, yeah, okay, we've got more gadgets and things that make our lives a little bit more easy or, or something. It's not fundamental. Well, imagine how much better still they yes. could be yes. if we had more money on average. Exactly right. And if the government wasn't interfering in every aspect of our lives so much. And if those who create these phones, I mean, everyone is affected by this economy. Everyone's affected by, by this person. Everyone, including those at Apple. Their lives will be happier, better. Who knows? I mean, I mean, no matter how good they are, you're right. In a healthier country, a healthier atmosphere, things are ten times better. No doubt about it. It's a good point. Very good point. Yeah, 
And and Robert NYC here in the chat room over at Blog Talk Radio is saying yes. that this chart doesn't even include the effect of the devaluation yes. of the dollar, right. which is a fraction of what it was back then. Actually, we we need Jonathan Honig to, to mm-hmm. tell us whatever it is that we're missing in all of, of these economic figures. But right. I just... I just want to point that out because uh, it's it is showing you the effects of government initiating force against citizens all the different ways. You know, and and again, you know, if you talk to your own brook, what does he say the first priority is for him in terms of rolling back the scope of government? Cutting he spending, yeah. I mean, uh cutting spending of course, right? But he never talks about as a first thing balanced budget. No. He thinks cutting spending is good, but that's not even the first place he goes. The first place he goes is regulation. Government regulation over every aspect of our lives is the biggest killer of productivity that there is. And that's, I think, perhaps, you know, more than the redistribution that's in Obamacare is the regulatory aspect of it. And the unknown regulatory. I mean, imagine what we don't know. Imagine what will be added on year after year. Remember Peter Laporte, right? Saying I'm in this certain specialty, I do bariatric, you know, surgery where I save lives because I help people lose, you know, morbidly obese people lose weight. But I'm not even sure whether my specialty is going to be covered under the plans and the new Obamacare exchanges. And we were only months out from the legislation potentially going into effect next month. That is some scariness. So talk about, you know kind of crimping and, and uh, clamping down on productivity in our nation, it is regulation, regulation, regulation. And we get only more and more of it each. Uh, what What is the figure that Harry Benswanger quoted? It was 80,000 regulations something under ridiculous. the Bush administration. Yeah, something sick. Something yeah. like, yeah, but then it makes sense because he was such a hor- horrible president. Exactly, exactly. So uh, not surprised at all. Not surprised at all. Can I just say one thing, just back about the battle against Obamacare and sure. you know Ted Cruz has the truth on his side. Yes. When they're worried about, well, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna lie their asses off. This is what they do. They're gonna vilify, vilify. So what? So what? You have the truth on your side. So I don't know. When it comes down to it, no, most Americans do not want this. And about, what can Obama tell them to fight for it? What can he say? What What is his fight against Ted Cruz? Let's say. What is his fight? Don't I mean, let them take health care away from what? people with pre-existing conditions. The, the 30% right? of the you-know-what has existed with, with us forever, they're going to they, they're cry about it? So what? What's their argument? I want to sit on my ass and just get away with things, and you're going to get in the way of that? So how dare you? What I'm saying is the argument is here. We have the argument. We have the... We have well, we've, we've heard a little bit of his temper tantrum already, course, right? Well, Which is that He's getting ready. This is unprecedented. Yes, unpre- that Obamacare is unprecedented. Pre- <laughs> Obama is unprecedented himself. The, an anti-American president is unprecedented. Everything has been. Obamacare is the law of the land. How dare they try to stand in the way? And you know what? That, this is why Boehner can't trust him. Uh, the moment that, based on the next day that Obama won 2012, he goes, uh, "Obamacare is the law of the land." As in, what am I going to do? You know, it's, this is just the way it is. You can't trust him for anything, but it's good that he basically succumbed to pressure, at least, at least, yeah, for now. Definitely, definitely. One, can we can we end on some good stuff? Yeah. I want to now, yeah. now, now again. I mean, I was talking a lot of the first portion of the show about something that is yes, inspiring, exactly. the battle that yes. is inspiring, which is the battle. Absolutely. But let's let's go ahead and give some kudos to somebody else 
who has been fighting the battle out there. You, you hear the noise in the background. I'm sorry. I'm starting up the video here. Let me cue up this video to the place where I would like to play it. Mm-hmm. This is Rick Santelli, who the father of the modern, is, yeah, one, one of the fathers I mean, of the well, modern well, Tea he, Party, basically. It's not one of He's the guy. Yeah. He had that rant on the floor in Chicago. Exactly. And that started, what, the that started whole the whole thing. thing. So he is the father of it. He he don't want to take take uh, you know ownership of it, but he is the father of it. As many of you might know, if you're watching the news about the markets and stuff, we had Ben Bernanke saying basically, yeah, we'll continue to pump phony, full of hot air money into the economy, mm-hmm. buy bonds with the QE and on, and the, you know, was it eighty billion per uh-huh. month or some ridiculous amount? So yeah, we're going to continue to do this, and Rick Santelli says that what he wants is for somebody to be in a press conference and get to ask a question of Bernanke. Of course, Santelli is not allowed to ask Bernanke a question. That would just be horrible. Uh, He wants to ask him, what scares you about the economy? Why can't you just let it go on its own steam? Why do you have to keep propping it up this way? So let's listen to a little bit of an excerpt from Santelli's rant on CNBC. We have all this information then, so why can't we take away the QE? I don't get it. What are we afraid of? Do we have a Fed that operates like a day trader where every little gyration in the market, every 10 minutes is all that matters? If you pull it away and the stock market goes down, where does it say in the Constitution that some form of the government has to guarantee stocks go up or guarantee that you have a house? They don't. Where have we gone off the rails? Enough is enough. Two Fed chairmen, is that enough? It's enough. I would like one reporter to say, Mr. Chairman, what are you afraid of in the U.S. economy? Because no matter how he squeezes that water balloon, no matter how much smoke comes from that curtain, in the end, they're going to have to deal with a reality. And the longer you put it off, think being a parent, the worse the consequences are. Excellent. Simon, breathe. Breathe. <laughs> They're telling him to breathe. <laughs> you know what, uh, Robert brings up here, and he did say Iron Rand. He said, I'm a, quote, unquote, I'm an Iron Rander. He yes. Did, he did say that. Yes. That's also significant as hell. Yes. It really is. And uh, Jonathan, if he's out there, I, I I assume he knows Santelli personally, maybe in Chicago. Who knows? I mean, I just, that'll, that'll, that'll be cool. Maybe they're friends. I don't know. Yeah, I'm wondering. Yeah. I, I would love to see those two guys yeah. together, actually. Uh, I guess because Santelli's at CNBC and Honig's at Fox. They're at war. Never the twain <laughs> shall meet. I don't I don't know. No, they can't be at war. Ideologically, they're together. That's the most important thing. It doesn't matter yeah. what company they work for. Oh, so bravo to Santelli for continuing to, to press his message there. I mean, what is this? You know, mm. the, every, every, every right. little every, thing what? in the market... Yep. Governments like tinker here, tinker there, tinker this. It used to be that the government would get involved only if there was some huge thing, right. and that was that was you know slowly at the beginning. Little... Oh, but now it's like, yeah. and 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 it, it's a vicious circle, right? Because everybody in the market is basing their decision to buy stocks or sell stocks or buy gold or sell gold or whatever it is that they're doing based on what they predict Bernanke is going to do. And and it's all phony because the government's not producing anything. The government is deciding whether or not to steal more or less this week. That's all that it's doing. So uh, kudos for Santelli for keeping the iron to the fire, so to speak. The conviction, the passion is there, you know. Frustrated beyond belief. 
Uh, and it, again, it was that outrage that resonated across the entire country. Yeah. And uh, what, 2009? Yeah. It was the outrage. Yeah. You know, as you said, Bosch, Rob, yeah, Robert, Robert NYC, he says, he says Santelli started the Tea Party and credited yeah, Ayn Rand for it. And yeah, you, Ron Everywhere. Paul, people like to take credit. But I mean, in terms of having it come on the scene in any big yes. way, and, and think about this too, and right? He said, let's start a Tea Party. The, he actually said that, literally. The tea, tea Party is, is full of, I think, a, t- a ton of Republicans. What is the difference that makes the difference? The influence of Ayn Rand. It is. The difference that makes the difference that made the Tea Party now is the influence of Ayn Rand. Again, and all if you if you think you're a Tea Partier but you don't really know about Ayn Rand's ideas, I encourage you to read some more and see what it is about her ideas that inspire a Santelli, that inspire a Ted Cruz, yes. that inspires me, that inspires Bosch, that inspires other people who the listen best to this show. People in Washington are influenced by Rand. Ted Cruz, Mike Lee, Rand Paul, they all are. The worst among them are Iron Man villains. I mean, it's just it's 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 so fitting, you know. But the best among uh, in the best in Washington are influenced by Russia. Has made their thinking better, clearer. Uh, and, they know and, what's important. And in a word, in a word, Ayn Rand is the only philosopher in history to give a moral defense yep. of what the founding fathers yep. enshrined into our founding documents, into the Declaration of Independence, which is that we have the right to the pursuit of happiness. If we have an inalienable right to the pursuit of happiness, then selfishness is good. And that's what Ayn Rand defended. And not selfishness... And the name of your show. Yeah, and this is why I say don't let it go. We cannot let that Don't let the American spirit go. Go. We have only about a minute to go, so I do have to wrap things up. This is where I tell you to please go to my blog over at DontLetItGo.com, where you can leave a comment on today's show. I always put a post for each day's show, and you can leave a comment there. You can also read the program notes. You can find all the links to all the stories and the little news clips and stuff that we talked about today. Definitely watch Santelli. Definitely read Andrew McCarthy. Watch Ted Cruz and all the other people who are behind him in the fight to defund Obamacare. You'll get some inspiration there as well. Uh, If you would like to support the show as well, you can support the show financially. There's a link over at my blog. We always appreciate donations that help us keep going with this. And uh, anything else, you can check out last week's blog post. I had a little blog post about what the end of consumer protection is, which is basically destroying freedom and and privacy in this country. So thank you, everyone. Have a great weekend.